Um, so I always tell everybody like your goal, your main mission in life should always be to leave an imprint. Like if you ever meet anyone, you should be like, damn, dude, I met Ryan today. He was dope. Like you should, you shouldn't, you should just, that should just be what happens. Like you should never just meet someone. You should always think about someone meeting you and being like, what did I do today for that person where they were like, I met him and he was fucking dope. So like, I always think about that all the time. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. What is up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode of the show. And I know I say this every week, but Taylor and I are so excited to have Ryan Fisher on this week's podcast. And we got to give a special out to you guys because we went out to Madison, Wisconsin for the CrossFit Games. And we went out specifically to promote Modern Happiness Podcast to get high-performing guests on the show. And Ryan Fisher posted on his Instagram that he was at the CrossFit Games and he was looking for guests for his podcast or to be a guest on other podcasts. And you guys bombarded his, his inbox and said, you got to get on the Modern Happiness podcast. So special shout out to you guys. Um, we really appreciate you and your support. And yeah, Taylor and I have loved Ryan Fisher for a long time, really admired him in the CrossFit space. Uh, Ryan Fisher is the owner of Chalk Performance, uh, arguably one of the most successful CrossFit gyms in the entire world. Uh, his athletes are in crazy good shape and uh, his classes are filled, maxed out every class. So that's one thing I really have admired about Ryan Fisher is his work ethic and his willingness to go all in on something to reach its full potential and see its success. And he does this with his gym. He did it with his CrossFit career and sleeping on the couches and uh, doing whatever it took to, to make the CrossFit games and to be a full-time CrossFit athlete. Uh, and he does the same with his gym and he does the same with his Instagram and his eBooks and he just, and his programming, which he'll talk about. And, you know, I bring it up a lot in this podcast, but his ability to be truly himself on Instagram, I think, is what has set him apart uh, from most people who maybe don't see the success that he has. He's just fully himself. And I think that is such a beautiful takeaway from me to lean into that. Be your true, authentic self. Do what feels good to you and not let anyone else tell you how you're supposed to act, who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do with your life. Uh, that's what I really admire about Ryan Fisher the most. And so, guys, if you haven't already, please take the 90 seconds to leave a five-star rating, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It really goes a long way. We appreciate it so much. And if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Modern Happiness Podcast and share your takeaways on Instagram with us. Again, we really appreciate that. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Ryan Fisher. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness we are super pumped today. We're still in Madison, Wisconsin at the CrossFit Games. We got a very special guest today, Ryan Fisher. Which you had a lot of followers reach out to me, just so you know. I would say probably between like 40 to 50 people were like, dude, you have to go on the podcast because you said like I need help. Yeah, I, yes. I saw that. Saw and, that. Then, and I was like, damn, that was a good idea because a lot of people were really hyped about it. Well, I was, That's I mean, awesome. we do have some loyal followers, which everyone shout out. Thank you. Uh, or I told him I shout him out. Andrew Swetnam. Yeah. actually sent me your uh because you put it up and you were like anybody want a podcast let oh, us know cool. and i was like i fucking love ryan fisher <laughs> like yeah. i love everything he's about and uh we were talking just before like 
I didn't get to finish my thought, but just how you show up. Um, so this word gets tossed around a lot nowadays, especially in the, the marketing Instagram world, but like being authentic, but you've always done that so well. And that's the one thing I've always admired. And I think that's why you've had the success you do because you are just you. And I don't even know what that means, honestly. Well, like, I feel like you just don't give a shit. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like I see people that I'm jealous of. I'm like, oh, these people are so dope. Like, their Instagram is sick. Like, you look at it, and it just looks like a fucking piece of art. Like, everything is so good. Like, they're so structured. Like, every day they have this, and they have these Q&As in their story. And, like, I'm just always like, man, like, that's a, such a good Instagram. And then, like, I have my marketing agency that a lot of people don't really know about. And I, I, I do marketing for tons of people's businesses. Mm. Um and then I see how much money they make on the back end. And I'm like, oh, these people that have millions of followers and all these great structured things, they don't make that much money. And then I've always like, well, why the fuck do I make so much money sometimes? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, I have no structure. My shit's all over the fucking place. But I just, I think the fact that I don't care makes it so much more relatable to other people. However, I do put all of my energy into like my actual product. So like for me, I always tell everybody like every single workout that I make, I feel like is a direct representation of who I am as a human mm. because if I'm going to sell programs and I'm going to spend four hours you know in the morning making workouts in the hotel lobby at you know in a country or a state that I literally am so ridiculously excited to go outside and play and I can't because I need to get this done that better be a fucking insanely cool workout that you're going to talk about for the rest of the week the rest of the month and it better be a cool program that you're just going to be like I, I love Ryan's programs because they're insane yeah um but yeah, other than that, my actual life is a complete mess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, that, but this is what I love, and I think that's why, yeah, these people have structure, and it, it doesn't look real to them. Yeah. But to you, it looks real. And we talked about this, like, you have your inside jokes. Everyone knows about it, like, trying to find your wife on L7 of Whole Foods. Yes, that's uh, a big the, one. The meat people. cereal, which is the thing I always tag you in. <laughs> and, um, like, that's what's fun about it. And, like, oh, we can, it makes you feel like you have that connection. Whereas someone who's, like, has this perfect marketing structure. It just doesn't look like I can relate to them. And if they want to teach me business or whatever, it's like, yeah, but you're a million steps ahead of me. And well, you probably are a million steps ahead of a lot of people. It doesn't I wonder feel why that they way. have such big followings though. Like it bothers me. I'm like, well, why mm. does that person have a million and I don't? Or yeah. like, or there are, or a half of, or is half of them fake or, you know, like yeah. I, just, I just don't know. Yeah. It, all, always, all it always wonder, like it always bothers me. I'm like, damn, like why do they have so many followers then? If it is unattainable, because I feel the same way. I look at people that like, you know, they're like in Miami and like the all white condo, you know, like everything's freaking perfect. You know, it looks like the fucking hot pocket that, that they made just came down from heaven and just like showed up in their microwave and like made <laughs> itself. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, this is insane. But like people follow them all the time. Yeah, it, go it goes. It, it's almost like you see you have whatever, 250,000 followers. It's an easy follow. Someone like me, 1,700. It's like, ah, whatever. Like, who's this guy? Yeah. So the more followers you have, it's just easy to click that follow button, I feel like. But it's like, who are your followers? That's what's important. And then you can go look at the bank account. Like you said, they have a million followers. Don't make nearly as much money as you, potentially. Your 200,000 followers are way, way more real. They engage with you. They, like, really love following you. They'll buy what you sell. Yeah. I definitely broke my belief barrier on, like, what followers meant in terms of income and, like, in terms of lifestyle and all that. When I met um, Alex Ramosi. Yeah, I love that podcast you had with him. So he's just like one of those people that someone reached out to me and said, you have to have a podcast with him. And I went out and I actually texted him and I said, um, or I messaged him on my Instagram. And I said, hey, do you want to do a podcast together? And he said, yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, when do you want to do it? And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm game whenever. And I was like, well, if I, I can fly to Austin tomorrow. 
And, and then he's like, I like your style, dude. If you want to come, go for it. <laughs> nice. So then I came. I literally just flew out the next morning. And then he, he gave me the address to his home. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've never been to anyone's house, like, right away. Yeah. And I go to his house. And he just has his three-car garage and, like, all these insane weights. Like, the, the most ridiculous weight room ever in his garage. There's no cars in the garage. It's just, like, all three-car uh, spots. It's just all gym. Priorities. And we wound up just hanging out for, like, four hours, five hours. Then did the podcast. And then I stayed with him for like another three days like you gotta just stay and hang out and i was like all right cool nice and then um you know come to find out he makes like 50 million dollars a year yeah and you know he's at the time he had like seven or eight thousand followers on instagram and then um i started like understanding you know a little bit more about marketing other than what i had known mm. before i had really met him i think that everything that i had learned was basically just kind of has how my life is now it's just kind of like on the fly so it's more organic yeah so i just i like to learn everything and and I like to tell people, you know, you were t you were asking me before, like how do you, how do you do things if you don't really have goals, type of thing. Yeah, it, it seems like you're pretty unconventional. You just flew to Austin. You yeah. mentioned before we got on the podcast that you've been here for two nights. You technically don't have a place to stay tonight, mm -hmm. but you're staying here. Um, and yeah, you said you didn't set goals, but then you also said you look at the people in Miami. So it sounds like you have things that you're reaching towards, but maybe it's just not concrete. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I use people as like a gauge of like what's possible. Okay. That's what I think is – I think that's what's, like, really needed because everyone has a belief system inside of themselves that they, they think is the barrier, but you don't really know how much more is possible until you meet someone who's beyond that barrier. So, like, for me, I always thought, like, X amount of dollars was possible, and then I met Alex, and I was like, whoa, that's not – that's – that's. I mean, I've met, I wish I actually met someone in between Alex and <laughs> myself yeah. at that time because it went from just, like, what I was thought was possible to, like, whoa – um, and then once you figure that out, then you meet some of Alex's friends and so on and so forth. And you're like, well, this is like, there's a lot of people doing this insane type of revenue. Um, and then also, you know, you a lot of times think that your product is not good enough. You think that you're not good enough. You think that all these things, it's, it's all a belief system. It's like, what do I believe that I can achieve with what I have? Um, and then you're going to, you'll see people who literally have a product that is not nearly as good as yours and it's way more successful. Like, I used to always say, like, man, I, Chalk's not the biggest program in the world because I'm on Wattify, and I fucking hate Wattify, you know? And it's like, well, what about, like, street parking? Or, like, what about some of these other brands that are on Wattify to have, you know, more people than I have? Yeah. Um, or so on and so forth. People are doing it all the time, and it's just like, how are they doing it? What are they doing to be able to accomplish that? Um, and then what is it about me that makes me think that I can't accomplish that? Interesting. So we were, we were talking a little bit. I know you've told your story a lot. But maybe we could give, you know, a quicker version of your story, kind of getting into CrossFit, then fitness, then chalk. Um, but what I'm curious is you talk about these belief systems. Like, did you, when you got into this, into the world of fitness, did you ever think you'd be here? Absolutely did, not. Did you think I, this was possible? I thought, I actually was kind of bummed. Like, I, <laughs> from being an athlete, and for those of you who don't know me, like, I, I put my heart and soul into being an athlete. And then I got to the point where... I had two things happen. Like I got in trouble for yelling at a judge and telling him I was going to kill him because it was such a passionate moment for me at that, at that time. So rather than really dive into that, it was just like, I feel like I was any other athlete who was, you know, at, had his prime in his, in his, in his sport and he had given everything to it. And I'm sure you know about me being like homeless and stuff before that. Mm -hmm. It was just like that moment to me was my entire life. It was just like, you're watching a movie and you see the whole flash of everything going on. And you're just like, Oh man, and then all of a sudden, it's like you're there, and you're like, dude, you're going to die right now because you're taking everything away from me. Mm -hmm. So there was that. And then number two was like my knee is just kind of 
I got in a bad snowboard accident at one point in my life, and then just kind of between all the pistols and all the things, and just like it would just always kind of flare up. And then I got to the point where I'd go to competitions and we'd be doing like 100 wall balls and I'd get like 30 no reps. And I'm like, all right, well, I think I'm just not built for this anymore. Damn. Um, which I'm actually insanely um, appreciative of because, you know, I do think that everything happens for a reason type of guy. And I feel like when my body was just completely done and all that stuff happened, I shifted to business. And I feel like a lot of the athletes at the time, like I was still competing with all the guys that are competing now, like Noel Olsen and, you know, and the Jason Kalipas and the and pretty much I mean even when I was doing the open like I was doing the open with Rich and 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 all these people that are still a lot of them are still out there. And I mean Rich has a, just a huge, a huge net of people because he lives in Cookville and he's able to open a forty-seven million thousand square foot space <laughs> yeah. for this same price as my three thousand square foot space <laughs> in Newport and was able to build something really cool and he has a cool name and everything. But you know, for me for my space like. To be able to do what I did, I feel like it's a very rare scenario. And I feel like it was partially because of the organicness and the, you know, what do you like to call it? The, just the realness, the authenticness. Authentic. Yeah, yeah. But then also just the fact that I shifted at a time that was like a very pivotal time. I feel like a lot of people reach out to me all the time like, man, I just want to do what you did. And I'm like, I don't think it's possible to do what I did because like when I was a regional athlete, it was like I was a rock star. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and And now – no one can even name a regional athlete. I, I actually challenge anyone listening to this right now, just like on the fly right now, tell me who got anywhere between 5th to 10th place in the CrossFit Games last year or the year before or the year before. And you probably can't name anyone after like – you probably can't even name fucking second and third, sadly. So like back then when I was doing my thing, you could name everyone in the top 50 because mm -hmm. like it was just such – it was – the culture of it was – it's completely different now than it is then. And I took that and then went online with my own online business. And, like, that is what catapulted it because no one at that time was doing that. I mean, I, my training partner was Kenny Leverage. He went to the CrossFit Games multiple times. We lived together. He's the reason I moved to Newport Beach. And, I mean, there was no amount of money you could pay that kid to just, like, open a business at the time or, like, do anything other than, than train. He used to give me all of his classes during the CrossFit Games time. He used to, like – he would say no to personal training clients. Like, he would say no to everything. The only thing that mattered was the games. Um, and that's how I felt about once I started my business was, like, you couldn't do anything else to me to make me not want to work in my business. So you have those two mindsets. Like, the athlete is like, I just want to go to the games, and this is what I want. And if, when I go to the games, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get this. Um, and then for me, it was like, well, I'm going to start my business, and then I'm going to get to here, and I'm going to get to here. Even though I didn't know what those here's were, like I said, I don't have goal settings for myself. But, like, I figured out what they were along the way. And I think that had I actually thought about it for too long and I didn't just start doing it, I would have never even known what those checkpoints were. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of like, you know, it still happens a lot in CrossFit gyms. People in the sport six months a year, they're like, I want to go to the games. They're like, oh, what's Matt Frazier doing? What's Rich doing? I need to do that now. And it's like, no, like, you need to do what they were doing three years ago because you, like, you haven't gotten that far. So I'm curious, like, what, you know, what would you say is, is the starting point now if people want to get into, you know, coaching or a gym or taking the path that you had? Um, I would say you need to pick something in the, in, in the realm that you're really passionate about, whether it is competing or whether it is making programs or anything like that. And then just make yourself like the, um, what would you call yourself? Like you are the specialist in that realm. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to train, then just fucking document everything. Like, 
I ate this this morning. I worked out at this time. This is what my days look like. This is what my rest days look like. Make it seem that like, make it so that there's literally nothing that anyone ever has, has to ask you. Like just put so much out there. And then eventually when you get to the point where people just really love following what you do, then you put a paywall kind of behind it if you want to, if you want to make it a business. Right. Um, and I think that you can do that between programming. You can do that as an athlete. I mean, look at like the Car Ritchie guy, right? He's not even that good of an athlete, like in terms of, of everyone who's out there, right? And he has a huge YouTube following. I'm not trying to put the guy down. It's just that like, and he's a great athlete, but he's just not. Relatively, for sure. He's not on the Mayhem team or yeah. anything like that, right? And he's made something that's probably more lucrative than the Mayhem team. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a big YouTube following. I would think that's dope. Um, so I just think that like anyone really can do it on any level. Yeah, I think it, this is what I teach. Become the obvious solution to your ideal client's problems. And that obvious solution could like the programming. Like even you, right? Your ebooks. You write the best programming. So people come to you for your kettlebell books, your dumbbell books, the sweat program, the crossfit program, obviously, all that stuff. You're the obvious solution. Yeah. I, even my brother was like, I need like a minimal thing. Like, what can I do? I'm like, buy a kettlebell and buy Ryan Fisher's ebook. You know, and that was just the first thought on top of my head because you've built that. I, rem I remember, it's not, not to stop you, but I remember you posted something and it was like the first time I actually like was like, oh, I wanted to see who this, I actually wanted to look at your profile because of what you posted. Yeah. You tagged me in something and you said, um, stop posting your workouts. Yeah. And then you're like, Ryan can do it because like he's already made this huge thing or whatever. Yeah. But if you actually look at how much I post workouts, it's actually incredibly rare. Yeah. Like it's super, like if you look at my page right now, the, I usually talk about nutrition most of the time and I only, pe I only talk about workouts on the chalk page. Yeah. People want to look sexy. <laughs> And the way to get there is, I mean, yeah, that's, is that your biggest thing right now? Your, um, your carb cycling challenge? Uh, no, still the workouts are. Still workouts? Which is what's funny because it's yeah. not on my page. Yeah. And I don't talk about it in my stories that much. I like to keep that as a mystery because yeah. people know that it's really good. Yeah. But I don't like to, I mean, fuck, dude, I can't stand. I look at someone's Instagram and I'm like, why would I buy your program? You put every fucking workout on your page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's a big thing too, right? Like, <laughs> why do I need you now? Cool. I'll just, I'll what just take all your point? workouts. Where, yeah, you're just showing like, yeah. you're showing that end result. You know, yeah. it's those before and after pictures. It's like yeah. you, like you have that. You have the fucking turtle shell abs, you know, and uh, people want that. And you've shown that you can do it. You've shown that you can do it for other people. So that's what you show. Yeah. And, and anyway, my big, my, I want to go back to my question, which was um, you kind of had, you were talking about beliefs, right? And you had this, or maybe even identities, you this identity of the athlete. And then you couldn't do that anymore. So you have to shift identities into this businessman. And I, that was I, hard, by the way. And yeah, oh, oh was, and, and that's I was, what I want to ask. And I was what, very sad for a while. What's that like for you to transition that identity? And like, because I think it's so for these people who do have hundred thousand followers, they are a games athlete, but they make no money. They want sponsorships. They want all this other shit. It's like, dude, if you just like you said, got really well known for one thing, use the fame that you have right now to start building that. But no, you're so focused on just being the athlete. But you should be a businessman. So what was that like for that identity shift for you? And um, I think in the beginning it was just like, it was really, I think for like three months I was like really, really sad. I wasn't really making, I had a bunch of personal training clients and my gym and all these different things. And I just like, wasn't really happy like at all. And then I just decided at one point where I was like, all right, I'm just going to go all in on this. Like, there's no point for me to be sad because like, I literally have like a medical issue. Like you're just not going to be that person. You're just not built to be that person. Um, it wasn't like I wasn't good enough type of thing. It was just like, this is just not going to happen. And it, let's just say I put another couple of years on the table. I would be really fucked up. Like a doctor told me one of the turning points for me was like, Hey Ryan, do you make more money in your gym or do you make more money with like your online, you know, or do you make more money competing or do you make more money with your gym and your online stuff? 
and I didn't even think. I was like, I mean, the gym and the online stuff, obviously I'm not winning millions of dollars, yeah. you know, as an athlete. And he's like, well, then what are you worried about? Like, what are you upset about? He's like, if you were an NBA player or an NFL player, and this was a, a guy in L.A. who literally, he does like the whole Lakers and it's called Curlin and Job. And it's just like, it's a really big knee institute place. Okay. Um, he's like, if you were one of these people, we'd have a bigger conversation. But like right now, like this is not your scenario. So like, just move on and make your business better. As a doctor, I was like, well, fuck him, one. But then, like, two, I was like, well, he is right, you know? So, like, that helped me a lot. It was just getting to me to actually just believe that, like, I had something else better waiting for me. Like, I would have, I would always choose a path I'm on now than probably the athlete path. Yeah. So, how long was it? You said you were really unhappy until that turning point. Like, you said that he helped you, but I imagine it wasn't right away that you're like, oh, my business. Yeah, right about three months of depression <laughs> into about three more months of, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And then there was a girl who came in the gym. Her name was Marge from um, Michigan. And she was like, I drop into gyms all over the world all the time. Like that's my, my job is just traveling. And I've been to your gym now like three or four times. And like every time I come, I'm like, the workouts here are insane. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I think you should put these online. I think people will pay for them. And it was before kind of people really doing subscriptions. Mm. Um, I mean, there was a lot of programs online that were like – they were they were free, but they were about to become like a paid thing, um, and but like nobody was really like charging yet. And then I was like, all right, well I'll give it a go. I I, I guess you know like I mean there was more to it, but she was like, you really should do this, Ryan. Like this is really what you should do. And I was like, okay. So I asked my web developer guy. I was like, hey man, can you just go on my website and just like when they click on the wad, it just like turns around into an into like a from a happy face to a sad face, and it just says like members only. And he's like, yeah, I could do that. That's easy. And for the three or four years going into this, I had never posted a workout on my website. I think I was probably the first gym to not do that. So when I opened Chalk, I was like, I, I, yeah, I'm not putting them on the website. And people would call all the time. They'd hit us up on Instagram, this, that. They'd be like, hey, what's the workout? And I'd be like, the workout's coming. I'm not telling you. Like, I spend way too much time making these. Mm. And at the time, I just always thought it was fucking bonkers that every gym put their website on, their workout on the website, especially as Gold's Gym and 24-Hour Fitness and all these places are creating – CrossFit-esque areas inside. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to put your workouts online and someone's just going to take them and just do them over there. Granted, they're not getting the community and all the vibe. You can take your shirt off and go fucking mental. But like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just, it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you're a personal trainer giving away all of your secrets. Uh, so anyway, I made that, I made that thing. And then um, there was no Instagram stories or anything yet. And in the first week, I just made like one or two posts and it turned into the, the same amount of money in like one week that I was making per month in the gym. And that was when I was like, whoa, this is really, really cool. But then I still had the belief system in myself of like, who am I? I didn't win the CrossFit Games. I wasn't like Rich Froning or I wasn't any of these people. So to me, I always thought of what it would be like to walk around the CrossFit Games and they're like, oh, there's Ryan. There's the guy who's making all the money off the programs. And like, <laughs> who is he? And blah, blah, blah. Like in my head. Yeah. Um, but eventually it got to the point where like the online program started making like 20, 30, $40,000 a month. And I was like, Holy fuck. You know, like to me, it was like, this is so, so, so much money to me. Like it was like astronomical amounts. Like I was giving people who were working for me, like they would give me invoices for like two, three grand and I would just give them double. Like I would just give them five or six grand. And they'd be like, Ryan, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm like, I've never had this much money. I don't even need this much money. They're like, thanks for helping me. I just, just keep working hard, please. Yeah. Um, it's a real story. I, I would give everybody double invoices back. And then, um, Eventually, it just kept, it kept growing, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to start marketing it. I, I feel pretty confident now. I feel like my shit's good. And then once I started marketing it, it really like, started to take off. 
And then that was when I was like, this is fucking cool. Like, I see people on Instagram. Like, now I see people on Instagram. Like, a lot of the games athletes, I'll be on my – I actually think I unfollowed all of them. But, like, I just see, like, all these people working out. I'm like, what are you doing? I just don't care about your back squat anymore. Yeah. I don't care about your snatch anymore. Like, why don't you fucking help somebody? Like, you know, like I, I, don't, I don't know what it is anymore about, like, when I look at the athletes, I'm like, I think it'd be cool if the post was about, like, man, like, I only had 20 minutes. And, like, this is what I did in my garage, and it was great, and you should try it. Yes. Versus, like, this is my training. Like, I don't know. There's just, like, something, like – I don't feel as much value out of posts anymore. Maybe I just look at them differently. But, yeah, to me now, I'm like, man, this is, like, this is so cool. Like, I walk around there, and I get 100 people coming up to me being like, dude, you changed my life with, like, counting my macros. You changed my life with the way that I work out. Like, these things are Yeah, it's cool. Now so cool. you could walk around, the, walk around the CrossFit Games, and everyone's looking at you. And you didn't win, but it's for something else, yeah. which is really cool. One thing I'm curious about is the, your community or maybe your inner circle. I mm -hmm. feel like uh, a lot of your Instagram, it maybe seems like you, you have a little bit of a lone wolf mentality. I don't know if you feel that or maybe that's just what's portrayed. Like me doing everything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's because I do. Yeah, so I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear like how much of that is true or like, but you, you also mentioned, you know, you delegate, you have this team, these people that you're paying. And so I'm, I'm curious, what, it, what does it look like behind the scenes? Grow so as you grew and I don't like do that. any of the paid advertising stuff. That's, this gal named Virginia. Um, I've never even talked about her like ever before because I never wanted like anyone to steal her away from me. Um, <laughs> Just but, keep doubling her invoices. <laughs> but, but recently, I, you know, I've tagged her on my Instagram. I got back from we we did a, a meeting in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and then like we really want to start growing this company, and I really want her to start doing well because I feel like she's a pivotal piece in my life to make me do well. So. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna figure out a way to make you fucking million dollars, and we're just gonna make you know. This, this, we'll make this marketing company and, you know, we'll have everybody come in and we'll help everybody out and it'll, we'll, we'll basically do what you did for me and we'll do it for other people. It has to be the right fit. So, um, her, like she does all the marketing. Like I don't really make the, the copy for like the posts or any of that stuff. She does all my email marketing, all that stuff. So thankfully I don't have to do that. Uh, but everything on my Instagram, all the posts, all the captions, all the stories, all that stuff, that's me. On the chalk Instagram, I have recently – there's a girl in my gym named Emily, and she recently started taking that over in terms of the posts. I still do some, um, but not all. And a lot. And sometimes I'll take some down because I don't like them, and then I'll redo something. Uh, I do some of the stories, but they mostly, mostly do like 80%, 90% of them. And then I create all of the programs, which is probably the most time-consuming thing. And I mean, fuck, you, making posts is pretty long too, though. But yeah. the programs is tough. Like, I started the online program with just something called Sweat and Strength and Conditioning. Well, it was called CrossFit at the time. I changed it. It's the same thing, but like now I just changed the name, and I have different beliefs in that. I don't really snatch as much. We do like we can get into that, but eventually oh. it was it was just two programs. Now it's seven, and I just came out literally this morning. I'm gonna create. I created like a booty program, which I think is hot right now. And I think yeah, give the people you, what they want. Yeah, you got to you know? do yourself. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm really, really excited about that. And, and yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm the programming guy. I do all my own, my own content. You get to the point where you're, where I'm at right now. And a lot of people still don't do their content. Right. Um, not still don't, but they just, they just decide to have someone else run it. I just can't really do that. And like, as you Is guys, it like a control thing or you just, you enjoy doing it. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, I mean, all the really top dogs in the business are like, Ryan, you can't do programming anymore. You need to start doing this. And, like, 
You shouldn't be answering your DMs. You should be having someone else do that. But like for me, I'm like, I think the amount of training that I would have to give someone to answer my DMs is equal to me just answering my fucking DMs. Because I don't write anybody back. I voice them all back. Mm. So like when you guys were walking in, that was me standing over there just voicing all my DMs back. Um, I literally just like, people just have these insane questions. Like they're a fucking paragraph long. And I'm like, ah, so I'll just, I'll just voice it back, voice it back, voice it back. And most of the time it's pointing them to a product anyway. So like every single message is like a hundred bucks. So I'm like, well, fuck it. Why not? I feel like you could set that up. You could have more automated messages, uh, or someone could copy and paste and be like, oh, you're struggling with this. Like if you have your seven, six, seven products, I just don't think that there is any automated, like they're all unique questions. Yeah. And I think if I gave them an automated message back, I don't think they would buy it. They'd be like, this is a quite, mm. this response is slightly off. Well, also I'm sure you're, you're <laughs> like the conversion rate to buying because like, holy shit, Ryan's talking to me right now. Oh my God. Like he cares. I get that all the time. I get that all the and time. And they're, they're like, like yeah, they now I want this for sure. Yeah. They yeah. literally freak the fuck out when yeah. I talk to them. Do you use a name? Do you use their name in the, do you like find their name or if you see it, their Instagram handle? Like, Every once in a while, hey, if, if it's very obvious, I'll say their name. But yeah. if not, then because sometimes their name is like, I don't know. Blue Balls 97 or something. <laughs> sure. could yeah, be yeah. something weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I see their name and it's like very simple, then yeah, I'll say their name. But yeah. regardless, they, they know it's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I'm just wondering if it's personal because I've actually hired out to do some outreach and uh, I just recorded like three videos. And I'm like, this person, this if you look at their Instagram, this type of person gets this, this type of person gets this video, and this person gets this video. And I'm actually noticing it's not doing as well. And I like sending the video because I can bring my energy. I can say their name. And they're like, whoa, like this was personalized. And now that I've taken out the name, I can't really say anything personal because we're like copying and pasting. I'm not getting as many responses. So it's so like, So you think cool. adding the name helped? I think. Or I are think, you just doing a personal video? I think me being like, if I were to look at yours and be like, what's up, Ryan? I see you're a personal trainer. Uh, dude, I love like that you're, you know, you're CrossFit, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like said something very specific to you. Mm-hmm. Like I see that like you're very consistent with content, but um, I know there are a lot of people consistent with content, but don't know how to charge more money, really don't know how to market themselves and attract the ideal client that they want to grow their business. I'm just spending too much time, blah, 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 and pick some pain points. Yeah. Right? I did that message, but without the personalized. So it's really just that intro. I said your name. I said like, oh, you live in you know, Newport, California, Newport Beach. And then you go, oh shit, this guy like actually took time to look at my thing and see where I'm from and all that stuff. Yeah. And that gets the response where it's like people, can, people aren't stupid. Yeah. They can tell when it's copy and paste or whatever. And from someone like you, that's what they would expect. You know, 250,000 followers. From mm-hmm. someone like me, it's like, wow, you're really just not trying. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think it has to be personalized. I feel like that's a huge thing. And I just feel like uh, kind of along the way, it just kind of like works itself out. So, like, I always feel like this kind of goes back to the original question that you had for, like, why you don't really plan for things. And I feel like if you just do the best – the best that you can in every scenario, all the other scenarios that you wish and hope to happen will happen on their own. Like when I would, when I would coach classes, I remember thinking of another coach that I just always envied of the way he coached classes. He just had the dopest energy. And like a lot of times I didn't have the best energy. I was tired. I was training for the games. I like wasn't eating enough. Like I just had this crazy schedule and I'd be like, yo, fuck this because I'm coaching at this place and it's embarrassing to me if anyone ever left and said like, how was class? And you're like, it was okay. Like that, but that genuinely bothered me the same way as it bothers me now to write programs where you're like, you know, did you do the chalk workout today? Like, yeah, it was okay. Like that's what I, that to me is like, that's everything to me. Like right now I'm about to get fucking pumped up just thinking about it. Like for anyone to ever think any of my shit's okay is like not fucking okay. So because of that, 
I like always bring that to the table for everything. Like when I was a coach, everything had to be in like, I mean, literally I was a fucking actor for like that whole hour. And because of that, someone asked me, Hey, do you want a million dollars to open chalk? Which I mean, it was, there's more than that, but like, it was like, I was the person they asked for. They could ask anybody else in the gym, but they asked me. And then I put so much time into the workouts that someone told me what to do for the next step. I was like, Hey, you should make online programming. And then from there, like my online programming got me to meet, you know, Alex, which is like, he's probably like my most, the person I look up to the most at the, at the moment. And I learned from him all the time. But when I went to go meet Alex, I didn't just go meet Alex. Like I fucking brought the best energy with me. And he was like, yo, you should, you should hang out here with me for a couple of days. Like, that doesn't happen to anyone. Like, you don't just go meet someone and they ask you to fucking hang out for a couple of days. Like, you know how many people want to meet him? He makes more money than everybody. Like, everybody just wants to talk. Like, people want to give him $100,000 to talk to him just for a day. Yeah. <clears throat> and, like, I'm not asking for any of these things. I'm just bringing the energy to the room. Um, so I always tell everybody, like, your goal, your main mission in life should always be to leave an imprint. Like, if you ever meet anyone, you should be like, damn, dude, I met Ryan today. He was dope. Like, you should, you should, you should just... That should just be what happens. Like, you should never just meet someone. You should always think about someone meeting you and being like, what did I do today for that person where they were like, I met him and he was fucking dope. And so, like, I always think about that all the time. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You you talked about so far that you don't do a lot of things that even you're like, all the big dogs in the industry are like, you got to stop programming or you got to automate your DMs or whatever. And you're not doing it, but this allows you to show up fully yourself, fully energy, like living this life. And I think that Matt and I talk about this a lot and there's a lot of people who do what they feel like they're supposed to do rather than if they did what they wanted, they could show up better and then be more successful. Just like you're saying. Yeah. Like I would be embarrassed walking around out there right now. If like, if people were telling me they like my programming, but it wasn't mine. Mm. Nah. Yeah. I'm not into that. I'd rather make less money. Honestly. Like I see the comp train shirts walking around, the Invictus shirts, the mayhem shirts. I'm like, that's not rich. That's not fucking CJ Martin. That's not Ben Bergeron. That's like all of your other people working for you. And I'm sorry if, you know, if, if you're rich right now or you're Ben and you're listening to this, I'm not, I'm not tearing you down or anything like that. It's just that like, for me, I would rather walk around and be like, yeah, that's like, I made that shit, all of it. You know what I mean? And like that, the happiness that you feel right now towards my brand is towards me. And like, that's, that's what I want. I mean, one day. I'm, I might not be able to do it, but I'm hoping that I make so much dope shit that I can just recycle shit, and which I never have done in six and a half years right now or seven years right now. I have never done that, but there'll be, will, there will become a time. I look back. People always tell me, like, why don't you recycle the last year's workouts? And I'm like, because that shit doesn't make sense anymore. Mm. And that's what I think about CrossFit. When I look at CrossFit workouts, I'm like, that shit doesn't make sense anymore. That's not cool. Like, no one's innovating anymore. Like, you guys are all, like, the CrossFit games is still murder, and all the workouts in the gyms are still CrossFit-style like workouts and there's probably 70 80 percent of the people who were really good athletes are all broken so like why are we not innovating and changing things why is why is the person who shows up their first day still doing snatches like if if 97 98 99 percent of your clientele who walks in your gym doesn't give a fuck about competing they just want to look good and they want to do high intensity interval training which is what this is really all about then why are we giving the most complex movements to them on their first week like they would have so much more fun if they just did cleans and deadlifts and squats and presses and shit that makes you look good. And then you mixed in some cardio and they sweat at the same time. I love this. I'm getting fired up because <laughs> I love programming the same way. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. It's like a creative process for me. And um, I program for the gym that I'm at and it drives me nuts how many CrossFit gyms are just, you know, hiring. out. I mean, I think it's like 60 bucks a month. You could have comp train affiliate programming or any of these. And I'm just like, why? Why is it 
that's just being outsourced. Like it takes a lot of time and energy and I get that, but it, it, it does blow my mind. Um, who the fuck wants to do comp train? Like as an average person, dude, so many people as an average person think they do. I'm talking about anybody who has like an inkling of competing. Yes, you yeah, wanted. You want Yes, you want to do that. But I, like, if I'm Joe Schmo and I'm like, oh, I want to go to the CrossFit well, gym. Well, okay, this is what I'd love to dive in. Let's talk about CrossFit because yeah. you know, still being at a CrossFit affiliate, people, it's perception, right? So they know the name CompTrain. So to them, they think it's Ben Bergeron. They're like, oh, Catherine Davis' daughter is doing CompTrain. My gym's doing CompTrain. I'm gonna get so good. So even if they're not like, oh, I want to go to the CrossFit Games, they think that that's the best program out there. And it's 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 exactly what you're saying is. Uh, it's not meant for them, you but know? How so many people want to go to the games, though? Because, like, I'm talking about my gym right now in Orange County. Like, if you said you – like, if I asked everyone to raise their hand who wants to go to the games, I don't even know if anybody raised their hand. No, I agree. I, I, I just think that people who are in the CrossFit space, like, out of an affiliate, they think that that's the best programming, mm-hmm. even though they don't want to go to the games. So I'm with you. Like, I, I don't think they should be doing comp yeah. You had a recent post, and that, that's kind of the point. Like, they don't know what they need, hence why they're at the gym – paying 150 bucks for yeah you pay for the community but you pay for the coaching too yeah. and the programming and if they really understood like i want to go to the games they would probably hire a coach that was giving them personalized programming because that's what it would take and you had the post the other day where it's like what do your members actually want i'm going to design a program around that yeah yeah my my post the other day and it was like why do most cross gyms suck yeah and it was you know as professionals we always ask ourselves like what are we training for like, why do we go to the gym every day? We know the answer to that. But how often do gym owners actually say, like, what are they training for? Like, that is the huge thing. And they are training to be the fucking most sexy-looking dude at the bar tonight. You know what I mean? Like, they are training to be the best-looking dad bod at fucking show-and-tell at fucking the teacher conference or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and um. But, yeah, they see the TV, and they see it looks cool, and they see this, and they see that. But, like, you know, in, in Newport Beach, California, where I'm at, the average person's probably 30 to 35. Um, they, you know, some of them have probably been in a desk job for 10 years already. Their shoulders are internally rotated, and, like, the overhead squat and snatches might just not happen. And I don't feel like being the person that you need to learn how to do that for the next three to six months to get into that position like, I don't feel like it's worth you coming that you're one hour out of the day to focus on this thing that is going to make you better in all areas. Yes, for sure. But like, wouldn't you rather just like get as fit as possible in this hour and then get out of here and be like, damn, I feel good. I look good. Blah, 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 blah. Because like, let's be honest. Like if I sit there and fuck around with your snatch and your overhead squat for 30 minutes and then you do a 10 minute Metcon, you probably didn't really do anything. You just got like an extra fucking half of a Twinkie for the day. Or like an extra, like let's just say if you had some fucked up coffee from Starbucks, you maybe just erased that and that's it. But like that's the type of stuff that I think about. And even, I mean, we just keep using comp train as a, as a reference point. But like I don't think most people know what fuck comp train is unless you're like deep into it. You know what I mean? I just feel like that, that terminology of like what are they training for, it just needs to be, needs to be hit so much more. I mean, even, even Greg was like, I hate the games. Yeah. Like Greg Glassman's like, I hate it. Well, th- so yeah, I'm, I'm curious, uh, let's kind of dive into, cause you, you were really into CrossFit. You, Chalk used to be an affiliate, is that correct? We technically or? still are. I've, okay. I've never used the name ever, not right, even on right. day one. And I feel like it's actually helped me grow. Yeah. And then now we're here where, yeah, you, you, it's interesting. Cause I feel like you're very much in the CrossFit space in the sense of like, 
I love the, a lot I, of people know who you are, right? Yeah. Like we're at the CrossFit games, but it's, it's not something you're connected with. So what has that progression been like for you and, and distancing yourself and trying to separate yourself even more from what is considered CrossFit and what you do? I think a lot of people think that Ryan Fisher hates CrossFit type of thing. They're like, or they're like, he's like so much different type of thing. And it's like, I'm not different. I like to think of myself as like the people's champ. Like I like to give what I think is best for my people. And it was fucking scary to tell everyone, like, hey, I'm not going to be snatching as much as in the program. Like, dude, I, like, built my business to a seven-figure business and decided, like, that I just no longer believed in most of it anymore. Hmm. <laughs> and I, and I like, was literally, like, half crying in, like, my stories talking about it. And everybody was like, yo, to be honest, like, I think I actually like your program even more now. Just I didn't really make the full switch yet. But there, everybody was like, I think I kind of like your program more because you care that much about it. Can I, I want to interject, <laughs> what was that like, uh, coming on your stories and making the decision to be like, all right, I'm going to tell everyone I'm not doing this. And I, I made the story, it. deleted it, <laughs> made it again, yeah. and then deleted it again. And then like along the way, I kept getting these messages and people were like, oh, this is so sick. And then I'd be like, and then somebody would be like, well, if I want to compete, should I still follow your programs? And then I would delete it. Cause then I'd be like, oh, I'm going to lose somebody. And then I was like, you know what? I don't even care anymore because I'm the person that's never cared. So like. I already know that like this is me putting the best version of myself out there again and it's going to work out and I just have to believe in it because if I'm making stuff that I don't really believe in then I just I'm not I'm still going to walk around the CrossFit games I'm not going to feel comfortable about it. Yeah. Oh, but that's what's always worked for you too. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like I started this conversation. Just always done what you've wanted to do, you know, kind of showing up how you want to. Yeah. And that's what attracts people. And if you continue to put like like you said if you continue to put snatches out there and you're just like I shouldn't be doing this, you're not going to want to continue to show up and do it. Yeah. So, yeah, just, like, keep going with your gut. I think that's such an important takeaway for people. Um, and I still think people should do fucking snatches, right? It's just that, like, if if you want to compete, the class workout's not for you anyway. Yeah, you have really to do something point. totally separate. Yeah. Like, I have a bodybuilding program on my app for all my members in my gym. Like, do I have a bodybuilding class in the gym? No, I don't. But, like, people come in during an open gym and they do the bodybuilding program. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be an athlete, you're not going to be in a one-hour class. You're going to be doing two hours of training maybe three hours of training. Like, I mean, nowadays, fuck, maybe, maybe like from morning to night is just all training. So, I mean, I, I still just feel like for the average gym person, it's, you know, they open the gym because they love it. They want to compete. They want everyone else to compete. And they're just giving everyone the wrong program. And I still feel like a lot of these big brands that we were talked about a couple times, I don't like singling names out, but I just feel like their programming is still geared towards a much more athletic person than the average person in our gyms. And it's because the gym owner is more than normal athletic. And he looks at it and he's like, this is dope. And it's like, this is dope for you, motherfucker, not everybody else in your gym. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree because it's it's like a lot – I feel like a lot of people think that in order to be fit, you have to do overhead squats. You have to do handstand push-ups, like all these things. And it's like – like you said, what are your goals? Let's not ask about what do you want to do if we talk if we're talking to a member. It's like, oh, I want to like hike with my kids, you know, go skiing in the winter, like be able to run a 10k. Cool. You you don't need to snatch or you don't need to whatever. Um, okay, so I'm curious because you know, as you said, you're like, I think a lot of people think that I hate CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I don't hate CrossFit. So, what do you think CrossFit is doing well? And what do you think? Where do you think they're missing the boat right now? I think CrossFit's doing well with the one thing that plagues everybody's fitness journeys and it's motivation um i think they did a really good job with getting people hyped around something so like 
you know, interval training has been around forever. And actually, CrossFit in general was kind of created in, like, the 1970s with interval weight training. Padoche, old school right, journals. Yeah. Like, that's where the whole thing came from. Then you had CrossFit. You had Jim Jones. Those guys split apart, made their own thing, blah, blah, blah. But interval training has been around forever. There's nothing new here. Um, however, they packaged it. And then they put it into, like, a brand. And they made everyone go to this one place and believe that this brand is really fucking cool. And they made, like, a church of fucking working out. Uh, and people get hyped on it. And I think that's really dope because I would say most people's biggest thing is just m- being motivated. Um, and even myself, like, a lot of times I'll work out in a regular gym and my motivation is not as good as if I was in my gym. So I think that's really good. Um, I also think that by, like, like the old school traditional CrossFit programming is like five by five back squat, like for the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then like the next day would be like a Metcon and the next day this. And then and it kind of evolved into like a squat and then a Metcon. And then, you know, and then people started to try to like do more. And that's kind of like, that's the one thing I think that they're doing poorly is it, it, it's making it seem as if more is better. And the games is kind of portraying more is better. And the, the games is really portraying, like, you're going to be in a wheelchair in the rest of, for the rest of your life, basically. And, yes, like, there's some absolute freaks out there that are still, like, feeling and walking around great. Um, but there's always going to be those outliers. Like, the most people's bodies are going to get beat up. Um, and, but I think because more is better, people are starting to try to figure out how to put more into their programming. And it's making them look into program design. So people, I think people are starting to figure out what a back squat program looks like, what a strength program looks like, what double progression looks like, what you know progressive overload looks like, what different things look like. If you guys are listening to this right now and you don't know what any of that means, then you definitely need a coach. Um, and just like figuring out, you know, how all these things flow. And then I think, uh, I think yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think, I, and I, I think people just like, like no one really says like, I go to 24-hour fitness. <laughs> you know, like, I, like people will say yeah. like, I go to CrossFit. Yeah. And I think that's like not just motivation to train but also like an acceptance of like who you are and where you are and like it's just cool it's it's like wearing a fucking gucci t-shirt you know what i mean like nobody wants to pay like 500 dollars for a t-shirt but like you wear the t-shirt and you feel really fucking cool yeah. and i think people feel that way about crossfit you're a part of something yeah i think that's cool yeah yeah it's cool i think you do that with your gym too chalk and you have the leopard print and stuff yeah and, and but that comes <laughs> from you too and yeah. building your brand uh do you have a uh business coach or anything nope never have yeah that's crazy. I think it's funny just hearing your story where it's like the doctor told you something. It gave you a realization like, oh, I'm making more money from the gym and programming. I would do well with a business coach for sure. I know I would. Yeah. But I'm, not, I'm not here to yeah, convince yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying it's interesting how like, you know, we always think we could do shit ourselves. But you have had these other like this girl comes in and is like, you should sell your program online. It's like, oh, yeah, I should. Like, it's almost kind of obvious. But we never yeah. think of these things for ourselves. Um, we kind of I have a question like. I know we talked about this, like authenticity, you just being you, I think that's what really sets you apart. But how do you get yourself to like, keep going on this shit when you're like, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you've just done well and it's been easy for you. Like, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. You put out your program. It's the really gym's always been successful. Like you put out your programs, you're making 10, 20 K a month and it was easier. Or are the struggles there? And you're like, what keeps you going to continue to do this? Well, unfortunately what people don't tell you is, you get to a point where you have to keep growing or you will die. So like, let's just say I don't keep putting more ad spend towards my stuff. I don't keep putting my stuff out there, but these other brands around me get bigger and bigger and bigger. People are just going to associate them as a better brand and they're just going to take over my people. Um, and I used to always think, Oh, like, Oh man, like, 
you know, I want to make this much a month. I want to make this much a month. I want to make this much. Like, I never think of anything in terms of years. I think everyone always is all about how much you make a year. I always feel like how much you make a month is just such a more better way of looking at things because it just gives you, like, instant feedback of what you're doing. Like, if I thought about things every year, I would just be like, oh, my God. Like, I only have so many years to be able to do that. So, for me, I'm always thinking about monthly income. So, I would always say I want this a month, this a month, this a month. And then some of my friends are like, man, like, are you starting to care only about money now? And I'm like, no, I'm starting to think more about like the brand growing to getting to the point where it like just goes. Um, and I, I'm getting there for sure. But I, I, it's like Grant Cardone's and like all these other people who have these huge companies and stuff. They talk about it all the time. It's like, if you don't keep growing, you will for sure die. And I do feel like, let's just say like, I didn't absolutely hammer all my stuff during COVID. I would have gotten slaughtered. Hmm. Like, everyone was starting to come out with programs and everybody this and like everybody's stuff was out there and they're posting a million times a day and blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, man, if I didn't do that, like during COVID, I think I grew like 150%. Like my shit more than doubled, like way more than doubled. Um, And I didn't even really feel any different. I just was like, cool. Like this is where we are now. Um, And when I say we, it's like basically me Hmm. Uh, because I do most of that stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, I feel like you have to keep growing. And then what happens is I start meeting other people I think, I think for everybody out there, whatever your goals are, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or you just want to be smart or you just want to, like, feel good about your life or you just want to, like, just understand what's possible and what's out there, you just need to meet everybody. Like, something will happen today during this conversation where you're going to leave and be like, oh, man, Ryan said something really cool. I'm never going to forget that. And then the next person you talk to is going to have that. And then you're going to meet someone else who says they make a fucking $100 million a month. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's possible. And then it's just, like, it's just like something that happens all the time. So I just feel like... Like, that's why I was saying, like, I, like I'm like i happy to be able to say, like, yeah, let's do the, this, this meeting today at 10 because I just feel like something cool will happen. And I just feel like when you meet new people all the time, man, I just feel like you'll get so much motivation out of it. You'll get so much knowledge out of it. And it just turns into just insane shit as long as you use it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's cool. It sounds like community is pretty important and relationships. Yeah, to me, uh, community is everything. And I think that's what CrossFit does well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, this mentor say you're – are you, a lot of people say this, but your net worth is your network. Your network is your net worth. Network is, yeah. 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 Um, I'm super curious with like this girl, are you like doubled it during COVID? So what is the motivation? Is it the money? Like you're like, oh, cool. We doubled. Okay. So if it's just cool, who, who cares if you die? Who cares if you keep growing? What is motivating you to keep getting your programs out to people? What made it, what motivates you to come out here and meet more people? Like, what is it? Um, I think like now I kind of like want to open like a big ass space somewhere and then just have more people in there and like turn it into like my own little community. Like I've hired a full-time video guy recently, which I've like always wanted and like bringing in more money, let me do that. Um, I feel like I've hired more people on my marketing team, which like they've been reaching out to me. They really wanted to work with us. And like now I have the money to give it to them. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, you, you make is, more, you spend more, you make more. It's yeah, like, what, what does all this do? Now you have a videographer, <coughs> you're gonna open up a bigger space. What does that get you? It just makes, I just feel like it just makes the whole thing more worthwhile. Like if I'm just traveling around on my own and just making podcasts and just like programming, like, you know, in my, in my hotel rooms and stuff, it's like, yeah, it makes the thing more worthwhile. What's the thing? I guess the thing is just like what I'm meant to do. Mm. Like, I don't think I was meant to do anything else. Like if I was doing anything else right now, I'd be super bummed. Like, I don't really know anything else that I'm as passionate about as I am about what I do now. Yeah, so maybe a different way to ask, because you had mentioned if we go back to ending your career competing, and you said you were unhappy. You went through depression. Is it fair to say you're happy now? 
For sure. What, so what makes you happy? Like what about, you, you kind of talk about maybe purpose or meaning. I would say probably just the fact that I get to do what I get to do every day. I mean, how many people can say they make like millions of dollars just programming and doing like, I mean, I talk to people all the time. I, I'll be like in a room with people who make a bunch of money and they're like, what do you do? I mean, fuck, when I bought my house in Newport Beach, like my neighbors are like, they're insane humans. And I remember my first day moving in, I was walking around outside. I had like a fucking Iron Maiden t-shirt on and like some ripped shorts and like flip-flops. My one neighbor came over to me. He's, like, he's a lawyer for like the Secretary of State and like he's just a badass. And he literally walked over to me. He was like waiting for me to say my parents bought me this place. He's like, what do you do for a living? Like literally like looking down on me type of thing. And I was like, oh, like I create fitness programs and like fitness like this and that and blah, blah, blah. I started talking about all this stuff and he's like, Oh, maybe you can help me get in shape. Like it like totally changed <laughs> yeah. the scenario, you know? So like it's very obvious to me that there's not a lot of people saying like this is what I do for a living and get to live the life that I have. And I always think about the lows that I had. So like I think of that if, you know, if I hopped straight into the space right now and I, like I instantly started at like half a million dollars a year or like my parents had a bunch of money and they gave me a million dollars to start a company or like anything like that, I don't think I would feel nearly the same that I do now. I actually get slightly jealous. I have kids in my in my gym right now. They're like 25, drive around in Lamborghinis. They do like Amazon, like drop shipping stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, man. And like, but I look at them and I don't feel like they're as happy as I am right now. And I think I got something from Alex and his wife, Layla. Like I was at their house for a week, just a, like a month ago. And they're like, we always talk about money stuff all the time. And then they literally were like, dude, you're for sure the happiest people, happiest person we've ever met. We like We like having you here because you're, your energy is just rad. Wow. And I was like, I, cause the, cause they were like, we don't think you need to make any more money at all. Cause I'm always like, well, what do you think I should do about this and this? And they're like, dude, like we can tell you like a lot of cool stuff, but I think if you get there, it's going to make you unhappy. Cause mm-hmm. like, it's going to require you to have all these calls and all this stuff. And we know that you're like a free flowing spirit and you just like want to go paddleboard and you want to go do your things. And like, we don't think it would help you. Um, and I'm like, okay. Like my friends don't even want to help me. They think I'm cool. <laughs> so, um, I think that, I, I love to look back at like all the steps it took me to get here. I think it's so, so important. And I'm no longer like jealous of my 25 year old, you know, members in my gym who are making all their money. Cause I feel like to them, it's like, well, it's how much money I should make. And I see kids on TikTok and all these people that are probably making, you know, millions of dollars at a young age. And I'm like, it's going to be really hard for them to be happy when they get older. Cause it's like, they didn't really have like that grind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like knowing I had to do that and like going through all that just like makes everything so like, I think every day is so fucking sick. <laughs> I just like get so pumped every day. I love that. So you're always, <laughs> you're like paddleboarding, biking, seems like travel is really important. Is that kind of just on a whim or do you, do you prioritize, <laughs> do you make sure that you prioritize that the balance with working? Um, it's always on a whim. I'd never like really plan anything. And I get really stressed on planning stuff because what happens is like all of a sudden someone will call me and be like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And it's always on that one time that I planned. Mm. Like one of my friends, one of my best friends, her, the guy she's uh, dating literally hit me up the other day and was like, hey, Ryan, I'm going to propose to so-and-so tonight or not tonight, like uh, next week or whatever the hell it was. And they're like, I really want you to be there and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm inviting some of her closer friends. And I was flying out here for this. And I was like, fuck me. You know what I mean? Like, I would have loved to have said yes to that. And I couldn't. And I feel like I just have this terrible track record of I will commit to something. And this amazing thing comes along. And I'm like, fuck. So then I'm like, I'd rather just pay more money and do shit last minute. But one thing that does bother me is I really can't work at home. And I can't work at my gym. 
So when I go to a hotel room like this, like I look down there at that table that you guys saw me on when you walk in, and I look at that table and I'm like, damn, I can get a lot of work done here. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys That's ever do Dude, there's something about like airplanes. Yeah. Or, airplanes are the best. Yeah, where yeah. you're like, I was, how am I hyper focused? Why can't I do this? Yeah, yeah. when I'm at home and my I routine. like the airplane. It's like you have a time crunch. It's like, all right, I got four hours. Let's see how much shit I can get and done. And no this. one's texting you. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. Like nothing you else is can't go anywhere. Yeah. Nothing's there's interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, like you're. Yeah. Even if you did get Wi-Fi, you're not gonna sit there and fuck around on your on your phone because you like you're embarrassed of the person next to you looking at you like <laughs> yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just don't gonna know. Start, start taking flights, turn right back around <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to be productive. I do, I've done it. Really? I've done oh, it. Actually, oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with the Amex Centurion lounges. Okay. If you don't have an American Express Platinum card, okay, put it on the best, list. <laughs> best secret in the entire world. Okay. Um, it gives you access to Centurion lounges. It gives you like all these other cool perks too, but like. The Centurion Lounge is the only lounge that has, like, gourmet chefs. So, like, there's better food in the lounge for free than there is in the entire airport and yeah. potentially in your town. Like, it's that ridiculous. So I'll get ridiculous layovers. Like, when I leave here, I'll for sure get, like, a five, six-hour layover somewhere on purpose so I can sit in the lounge. And I'll make sure that it's a layover in, a, in an airport <laughs> Because not every airport has a lounge. I'll make sure it's in one of those. Wow. So, and then I'll go home. So, said, guys. Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a five, six-hour layover. Ryan Fisher does not plan anything except for where the Centurion Lounge is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Um, wow. I love that. All right. I wanted to ask this. You mentioned your buddy getting engaged. We talked about the love life. Oh, yeah. You're, you're on the hunt to find – if. You're going to meet your wife on aisle seven of Whole Foods. <laughs> Everyone always asks, like, why yeah. aisle seven? I'm like, yeah, yeah just, what's on aisle seven works. for our listeners? I just figure, like, you know, like when you watch cartoons, it's always like pick up in aisle seven. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, everything's all fucked up. I'm just, I just always thought it was funny. I'll tell you what's not on aisle seven is the condoms. <laughs> <laughs> and if they were, they'd be fucked up ones in, in Whole Foods. They're like lamb skin. Like, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody wants that kind of condom. This one's got fur in it. <laughs> what? I mean, uh, there's some hippie chicks out there that could be into it. That's, um, that's true. Uh, yeah, so I and then I want to pair that with. I remember you said one time, I don't know how long ago it was, but like, yeah, I can't have relationships because, you know, the girl can never really like hang with me and like I want to go business, do my business, or like I got to spend all day working on X Y Z. But no, come on the couch and binge net, uh, the office with me. It's like I don't want to fucking do that. I've had some girls recently that are just they're so cool. Like they have great jobs. Like they're from great families. This that, but like they have a job. Like you know, like. They have, like, only so many days a year they can get off. Uh, or they have, fuck, the dog thing. Like, I'm just, like, I just hate chicks with dogs. It's, like, such a huge obligation. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's always, like, something that kind of, like, holds them back. And I can't just, like, hey, do you want to go this weekend? Like, I, I've had a girl – I had one girlfriend once. She was a model for a big um, supplement company. And she was great because, like, we could go anywhere anytime. She just wound up being crazy. But, like, I would literally go to the airport and be, like, all right. Let's see where we're going to go. Like, it, literally like that. I'd be like, let's go to the airport, and let's just see where, like, the next couple tickets are. And we would just go. And we literally would have a – like, the fun part would be, like, we would carry a bag with what we thought was going to be appropriate. Mm. And then, like, if, if not, we just buy clothes when we get there. Um, and to me, I thought that shit was awesome. So, like, I went to so many just random places. <laughs> and we would do it, like, on weekends. Um, and, but, like, you just can't do that with everybody. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand, like, what's happening, like, in my world. Like, I'm embarrassed with so many people to be on my phone for hours and hours and hours on end. Mm. Um, it, it takes a very special person to be able to go into that lifestyle and just be like, oh, he's on his phone for fucking five hours today. Or, like, you know, I'm on I'm, vacation I'm and, working I, though. <laughs> and yeah. I have to program. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've been in, like, Hawaii with girls and, like, 
I, I got to work for like, like, like maybe this whole day is like a scratch and like you just go do your thing and I'm just going to work. And I, all I want you to do is be like, okay, you know, I'm going to do my thing. Um, but like instead, it's like, well, what do you have to work today? And it's like, yeah, if you want this, then yeah, I got to <laughs> yeah, work today. Yeah. Um, and it's not that big a deal. I have plenty of days when I don't have to work. Right. Um, so I just think it's, it's tough once you get into this, this, this scene. Like you see a lot of the big online people dating like other big online people all the time for a reason. And I didn't understand that until recently. But um, one thing I do is when I travel, I always like leave. I always make messages. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm in this town. If you guys want to take me out or do anything, like I'm totally interested. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Like, what do you guys want to do? Like, whatever. Uh, I just went to Seattle recently, and some girl reached out to me, and she was like, do you want to go on an airplane? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah. And then um, – I was like, hey, do you know any, anywhere I can go for the next couple hours to, like, kind of just cruise around and just kind of, like, find some cool stuff, and then, like, we'll go on the airplane later tonight. And then she's like, yeah, you should go, like, here and here and here and blah, blah, blah. So then I go somewhere, and I'm like, hey, I'm at this beach right here in Seattle, like, in Bellevue. Like, there's, like, right on Lake Washington right there, if, for those of you who know. And I was like, I took a picture, and I sent it to her, and I was like, hey, like, I'm here right now. You know, you know anywhere else I can go from here that's really cool? And she wrote me back, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm on a boat, like, 100 yards away from you. If you want, you can just hop on. And I was like, yeah. Wow. So I hop on a boat with the chick, and then literally we just hang out the whole day. And then as soon as we get off the boat, she's like, I'll meet you at the airport. And then we go to the airport. I thought we were going to do, like, a 30-minute little just, like, fun thing. And she dropped me off on some island. We, like, wait and ate dinner, and, like, she flew me back. I was like, this is fucking sick. Dude, you're like Matthew McConaughey <laughs> in some rom-com right now. <laughs> Except uh, you're still single now. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of people reached out to me and were like, "Dude, that's the one." And I was that's, like, yeah, "I was like, really. she was very, very cool." But I mean, what if I was in a relationship and then like someone hit me up and asked me to do that? Like, I wouldn't be in a relationship anymore. They'd be like, "You went with the girl and did that? Yeah, yeah. go fuck yourself." Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he can't plan anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's why relationships don't work, right? Yeah. What if there's something around the corner this yeah. weekend? <laughs> the next girl's gonna be on a fucking yeah. rocket ship. We're gonna have dinner on the moon. You're like, well, I gotta do that. I gotta. I have to. Yeah. I can't say no. Yeah. <laughs> I have like three kids. Like, yeah. well. Well, you know, this was fun, but uh, <laughs> I never planned this. Yeah, I told you. I don't plan. That's my one rule. I don't plan things. This was fun, but the moon. Yeah. yeah. I, I told you when we started the relationship, I don't plan shit. I'm productive on planes, but I've never been on a rocket ship. Yeah. Like, imagine the possibilities. Yeah. I could program for years. I think time. eventually I'm going to have to grow up for sure. <laughs> Okay, so if we're moving into that, what, is, what does growing up look like? What is, you know... I think planning is probably growing up. In your future, huh? Potentially, or I need someone else to do the planning and I just deal with it. Um, that's basically... Face, face the consequences. Yeah. Um, I think the future for me is probably... I, I mean, I, I hate saying this sometimes, but I, I like saying it. Is I'm getting to the point now where I feel like I'm so good at the business side of things. I would love to coach business at some point. Um, and the girls who do my marketing for me and we, we do the marketing company together, like they're always like, Ryan, you should do, you should do a business course. Like people need this, like it would be great. And I'm just like, ah, uh, I just like, when I see business, when I see a lot of the business coaches online, I'm like, ah, I don't really like their vibe. And like, I don't want that to be me. Cause like, I already have this other thing that's doing really well. Like, why would I switch? Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just like, I've been doing the programming and doing all this stuff for so long. I just feel like everybody eventually has to do something else to keep them excited. You know, so, I mean, I am still really excited because I keep coming out with new programs and they're not just like new programs of stuff that people have already created. Like I'm creating new things. Like I created a bodybuilding program that doesn't really exist. It's this fuck. It's fucking rad. If you're into programming, I'll show it to you. It's yeah. super cool. Um, 
So I get excited about stuff like that. Um, but just the, the business stuff, like, man, I see so many like struggling gym owners or str- so many struggling trainers. And, and I'm sure you see this all the time. I, I mean, this has to drive you nuts. Cause it's yeah. like what you're like, what well, this is, this is your thing. And it's just like, fuck dude, I can help you. If you just fucking just listen to me. Like I already know what to tell. I, I know what the answer is. It's not like maybe it's like, yeah. just listen to me and you'll crush. Well, also, yeah. and, then, and then do it, <laughs> which people have a lot of, you know, struggle with. Which is also why I charge what I charge, because it's like then you will be financially committed. I used to ask Alex that. I'd be like, "Dude, why is your shit like twenty grand? Or like, why is this this?" And he'd be like, well, "Nothing necessarily needs to cost as much money, but it, there's a certain point where people feel obligated to actually do it. Yeah. So like that's kind of like where the higher ticket stuff comes in. Yeah. So and that I understand. Cause yeah. I mean, I've given my challenges to like family members. And, and different different programs and like they don't do anything. Of course, yeah. And I told my like my sister I launched a new program recently. She's like, "Can I have the program?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." I was like, "You can pay for it. You can take a picture of yourself on a scale, and then if you give me that same picture with like you like ten pounds lighter, then like I'll give you all your money back and five hundred bucks." And she never did it. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and five hundred bucks. And Come on. She's my family member, so what the hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and didn't do it. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? So I think that's free the, money. That's what the ticket, the high ticket stuff's really all about. And I think that's what everything's all about yeah. it's just like accountability yeah for and sure And that's why people like crossfit yeah I, th- I mean i think that direction is great business coach i think it's needed like matt and i are both in the space and i think i have a more traditional approach like i have a degree in exercise science been a college strength coach and a lot of people just get into fitness because they love it and whatever and it's funny like a lot of a lot of things that matt teaches is so many people that come to him are like oh i think i'm gonna get like this certification and this nutrition thing and learn about kettlebells and it's like well, it doesn't matter if you don't know how to like run a business or get clients. And, you know, it's like you said, you don't like a lot of people in the space, but you're different and yeah. people need that. Oh yeah. And no one fucking cares about your NASM cert, your fucking whatever, all the certifications. That's good. They want to see tell, results. I tell people that all the time. They just want to like, see your results. People ask me all the time, what's the best cert? What's the best this? I'm like, what's the best that? I'm like, get in the field and start doing it yeah. and understanding. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And that's what you've done with business. And yeah. that's why you're worth listening to and why you. I didn't go to business school. Yeah, right, exactly. And I want to be a business coach now. I just had this. <laughs> I just had this client. He's a registered nurse, but he wants to get out of that and be more. Uh, he wants to bridge the gap between healthcare and and you know, like someone gets heart surgery. Oh no, I'm going to end up back here in a, in a year, because they don't have a plan now to to stay healthy. So he wants to kind of bridge that gap. And he's like, I'm so n- worried about you know not being a registered nurse, because uh, I think it gives me credibility. And I'm like, why did you sign up with me? I don't have a fucking business degree. Yeah. I could just learn this shit on my own and, and did it and, and uh, showed up differently online. Like I show up as myself and um, it's not about like, I'm not the best business coach, but you hired, you know, you paid me money. So why? And again, that's what I think you do so well is being yourself. And I'm curious what, how would you be different if you were a business coach, you see these people you don't like, what would you do differently to stand, stand apart from them? I think I would just show them relate the relatability factor. Like this is what I did and this is what I was able to do. Um, and then this is where you probably are right now and what you're thinking about because I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people who are business coaches, they didn't do it before. They kind of just went straight into business coaching. Yeah. Like, I'm, you, I mean, it sounds like you did training stuff before and it sounds like we know people who are business coaches now who were trainers before, but how many? Like it's very rare. Mm-hmm. The biggest, the people that I see online right now who have like the biggest, biggest ad spend and, and I can I, I can say that because I see their shit all the time, and I'm like, this person for sure is spending seven figures a year on ads. Um, I, I've never heard of them ever, and I and they're always like, oh, I was this first, and blah blah blah. I'm like, no, you weren't. I've never heard of you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not the most popular person in the world, but I've never been to an airport 
on the planet and didn't have someone notice me and freak the fuck out or they, they do my programs or this or that. I mean, even train stations in the middle of Italy, like I've had people stop me. Um, and that's someone with 250,000 followers who like, you know, I'm not the most well-known program on the planet type of thing. So like if I have never even heard of you or seen you at all and you're trying to be a business coach and, and they're always just going straight to the business selling point too. Like they've, I've never felt like we're, re we're on the same level at any point. And I just, I think I would just dumb myself down to like all the times where I didn't know anything and I was exactly where they are and then just kind of show them like what's possible. But I think showing people what's possible is what's really, really cool and not showing people like your Shopify account and stuff yeah. like that. Like there's different ways to do it. Standing next to the Lambo being like, oh, you could have this like, <laughs> you know, what yeah. sucks is like, I hate that. But like <laughs> that made me follow people in the past and I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I, I don't know who's real anymore. After after running my marketing company now, because uh, I have all these people come to me and they're like, "Hey, I want to I want it to run ads and stuff," and we'll get someone with like three million followers, and then all of a sudden we'll throw them a program, and it's just like, "Wow, you literally made less money than someone who has ten thousand followers," and like, all of your followers are from India, or all of your followers are fake, or all of or this or that, or and it's just like it blows me away. <clears throat> it's just like so crazy to me. Yeah, who who would you want to coach in business? Is there, like, do you have a niche specifically? I feel like I'd want to coach myself when I was making, like, like, t like the, like the 10 to $20,000 range. Yeah. A month. A, a month. Yeah. yeah. And I'd want to help that person make six figures a month. Yeah. I feel like I'd be really good at that. Nice. Because I feel like those are some steps that took me a little bit too long. I feel mm -hmm. like I could fast forward that now, like, a lot faster. That's the whole fucking point of hiring a coach. Yeah. Speed up time. And people are like, I can do it myself. It's like, yeah, I bet you can. But how long is that going to fucking take? Why don't we just do it in three months? Dude, so someone told me that too. And I forget who it was, but it was somebody who was like, nobody needs a coach. Nobody needs literally anything. I've actually, I think, it was, I think it was fucking Elon Musk. Mm. He was talking on some podcast. He goes, dude, no one needs anything. You can learn how to do everything without school, without, I mean, all the information is on Google. Yeah. We can yeah. literally research everything. But how long will that take? Yeah. Um, and then, and like how motivated are you to do that if you didn't put any, you know, like when you go to school, you feel obligated to get your degree. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it's, and it's the same thing for everything else. I think that's really, really important. I think that's a huge thing. Like, I think anyone who's ever like on the fence of like, why should I buy your program? And it's like, well, I'm going to get you there a lot faster. Yeah. And how much is that worth to you? Yeah. Like, could you see yourself in two years with this much money in your account? Or do you think, you know, in two years it takes you this long to actually get there? Yeah. The people don't pay for education. They pay for the implementation and the support and the guidance and they pay you because they trust you. And that's why I talk about so much. Again, I'll just keep saying this because for the hundredth time you do it so well people want to be like you in some way and they trust you and yes they could google workout program for crossfitters or whatever and they would get comp training and all this other shit but they want yours because they trust you and they've seen the results uh it's not because your program is the best which yes it could be but that's not why it's because they like you and they and they it's, they go to trust you because again they could google it they could youtube anything we could all do this you could all i teach like niching down and developing your high ticket offer and sales and marketing. You can buy books on sales and marketing and all this shit, but you don't because you're going to read that book and you're like, okay, yeah, that was good. Oh, let me get the other book. Let me see what they say. Oh, let me see what this person says. And you're just kind of like, ah, man, maybe I'll do that. But then I come and you trust me and you hire me and I say, do exactly what I just, what you just fucking read in the book. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll do it now. I can tell everybody right now because everybody loves um, like book recommendations if you guys are reading a book right now, put it on pause, put a bookmark in it, stop reading the book, immediately get a book called Who Not How. You ever seen that book? No. 
it is insane. Like, of all the books I have ever read, it is the most important book for any entrepreneur, anyone who wants to get from wherever they are now to wherever they want to be. Um, and it's just a, it's just documentation of like, you can get to anywhere you want to be with someone to help you, and it's it's not you. And like, they basically debunk the fact that like procrastination is like you actually procrastinating. Like procrastination is is genuinely like it's like profound amounts of like creativity. Like procrastination is you literally thinking of yourself in a better place from now and you literally don't understand how to get there. So that's why you're procrastinating. It's, it's you wanting to be in a better place. So it's not you actually like being dumb or like being, you know, not, not smart or like what people really think procrastination means. Procrastination is actually a, a phenomenal thing because it means that you're, you don't want to settle. But the reason that you can't get there is because you have no one to help you. So, when you think of something, when you think of how to do something, you have accepted the fact that it's going to take you a really long time to get there. You will get there, but it's going to take you a while. When you think of who can help you get there, you will get there significantly faster. Um, and that's what business coaching is all about. And that's yeah. what, you know, everyone who ever teaches anything is all about. And, like, if you can figure out how to have someone help you with every single thing, like, even, like, your newest idea, who can help me with this versus how can I do this is always the way to go. Someone told me to read that book and it fucking exploded my mind yeah that's I, read, great. I read it twice i read it twice. i love that as soon as i was wow, done reading yeah. it i flipped the book over and read it again yeah it's, it's so good <laughs> just like, what you oh said there God. yeah not it, how can i do this but who yeah. can help me do it? it the book even starts out with like michael jordan and trying to win nba championships and he couldn't until he was on the right team yeah and he was the best basketball player of all time yeah. right so it's like i mean debatably sorry for you lebron <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. for, for, and whoever kobe or lebron or whatever but like at his time for sure like nobody was touching him so yeah. that's undebatable so um yeah, he, like he's got a certain team, certain coach, and like everything changed. Yeah, like even like the best athletes in the world need who's not how's. Yeah, nice. That's incredible. So you you talked earlier on the podcast a lot about belief systems. So I'm curious, you know, that, what even that book is like a belief system. Yeah, for me. yeah. I, I it's really been resonating with me this whole conversation. This is gonna be the thing I'm gonna leave with belief yeah. systems. And from this conversation, so I'm curious twofold. One, you know, what's something you've changed your mind on? Like, what's a big thing that maybe you used to believe that you no longer believe? And then secondly, is there something that you're like right, right now on the forefront? You're like, I'm not sure if this is possible. That's like pushing the boundary of like, do I need to shatter this belief system? So the first thing is, and I actually made a post about this like a year ago, maybe two years ago now, but I used to like, literally I was talking about this and I was like walking the beach um, in Newport and all the houses on the beach are like, they start at like probably five, six, seven million bucks as like a starting point. Um, and I remember as a kid, my mom and like maybe some people listening to this right now, like during Christmas time, you drive around with your parents for Christmas lights and you're like, look at, let's look at all the really nice houses. And I remember we would look at the Christmas lights and my mom and I would just always kind of like guess, what do you think they do? He's probably the doctor. He's probably a lawyer. He's probably yeah. this person. He's probably that person. Um, and then even as I got older and I moved to Newport and I was, you know, spending $800 a month on a rent with three or four other dudes in a house or whatever. And I would go outside and I would look at the houses and I'd be like, fuck, I wonder what they do. And then I started to think that those aren't really like doctors and lawyers and, and this and that anymore. Those are people who are just really fucking good at what they do. Um, and I could do that just doing what I do. And, and I used to think that those houses didn't belong to people like me. It didn't belong to certain different types of people because that was impossible. And that's absolutely ridiculous now to think that way. You can buy anything you want with any job that you want. I think it's a Gary Vee thing. Like he always talks about that too, but... I'm not bringing them into this conversation on purpose. It's just like you, 
those houses, like anything, any house you've ever looked at, anything that you've ever really wanted to do can happen with whatever you love to do. I think that's an insane belief system that has changed everything for me because I no longer look at a house and, and even, I don't even think about what people do anymore. I'll look at the sickest pad in this whole town or place and I literally would be like, I wonder what they do. I'll just be like, what do I have to do to get that? And to me, like, I already know what the answer is. It's just how hard do I want to work to get to that place to buy that. So, like, I could even just go look at the most expensive house in Newport, and I could be like, okay, so I have to do this to get that. That's what I think now. So I don't think who's in it anymore. Yeah. I just think of what I have to do to get it. That's awesome. And the fact that I understand the path now has changed everything for me. Yeah. So cool. I mean, that's like a win-win. If you get really good at what you do, you already love that thing. Yeah. And you're just going to make money by doing that. Mm-hmm. But it comes with like, yeah, just figuring out what you love to do. And uh, for someone like you, you've always been into sports and it led right into fitness. And that's so nice. Do you think, I mean, you meet so many people. Do you find people like, what can people do to like find what they love? Because I feel like that's a struggle for a lot of people. And I don't know if you have any insight on That's an interesting question. People do ask that. Like, I'm like, well, most likely you already know what it is and you just, you don't really want to admit it. Mm. Like for me, a lot of people used to always ask, like, people do ask me, like, what is your, like, how do I find out what my passion is? And I'm like, well, my passion was always, even when I was an athlete, it was the training that I liked more than actually being an athlete. Like, I really just loved going to the gym. I loved my community. I loved, there were so many things about it that I loved that I didn't realize I actually liked more than tra- more than competing. And then I turned that into my, my thing. So um, it's hard to say, like, whatever, how they can find their passion, but I'm almost pretty positive that you're literally doing it right now maybe it's you know maybe you play video games three four hours a day and you don't you know what i mean and then you go to your job and you're like what is my passion and it's like motherfucker it's probably playing video games and, and you're like, at work and you're googling <laughs> like how do i get better call of duty or whatever the fuck it is yeah and maybe it's, like, it's not you playing the game but maybe like you get really excited about like you know what you need to do to get to one level and maybe you can youtube yeah. it and maybe like youtube winds up being your thing because you you know how to be really good at something i don't know but i just feel like you're you're inherently doing what you love to do right now and you just don't know. Yeah, I think that's great. Or yeah. maybe something you used to do and stop doing. Yeah, or maybe it's something that you used to do and you stopped doing because you felt like you had to grow up or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but back to your question, what do I think that is possible that I need, like a belief barrier that I need to break now? Yeah, like is there anything that you're like, man, is this, is this possible? Or? I need to believe that who not how is possible. So. Okay, so interesting. Because I'm not very good at hiring people. I'm not very good at delegating tasks out. I need to understand that like one day someone will write a program as good as Ryan Fisher. I need to understand that one day someone will run my gym as like this year. Okay. A so lot of people don't know this, but I'm seven. I just had my seven year anniversary at chalk. I just hired my first manager. Wow. People don't know that people, people, <laughs> yeah. people think that like, like chalk is doing this yeah. and that, and Ryan's doing this and that like, no, Ryan's like managing the gym from all over and doing all the posts. And like, this is the first year in seven years that someone's ever run the Instagram and someone's ever ran the gym. So the, the, when I tell you like, I do this and I do this and I don't do this and I don't do this, that all happened only this year. Yeah. So how does it feel, uh, releasing that control? <laughs> I mean, I've been gone for like almost like three weeks now. I haven't been home in three weeks. I went to New York City and then from there I went to Seattle and then I went to Corley, Idaho and now I'm here. And that's the longest I've ever been gone for because I have a manager and I'm like really comfortable with him and I'm like, he's going to crush no matter what. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. I feel like I have my first taste of freedom like ever. Mm. So you mentioned with like the most expensive house, you look at it and you said, 
I know what I need to do to get there. That's what you think. So one day, someone will program as good as Ryan Fisher. What do you need to do to find that person or make that happen? I need to actually get to the point where I create systems. Okay. So this is where like Ryan Fisher needs to grow up because like I don't like to plan stuff and I don't like to I don't like anyone to know how I make stuff. I don't like I don't like any like trails. So for me, if I could document like how I program versus just, like sitting there and doing it and creating it, then I could show someone how to program for me because people make me programs and I'm like, "No. Nope. Hate it." Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. You, this, you did this and this and this and this and this and this and this is why it doesn't make sense and blah, blah, blah. And I just shred it apart. And I've literally had so many coaches make me weak at programming and I just, I, I make it sound so bad to them. And I try to be like as compassionate as possible <laughs> as I say it. Yeah. And they never want to make me a program ever again. Um, but it's really my fault. Like a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, you think people suck. You think, you know, employees suck. You think this sucks, this sucks. Something that like one of my mentors told me was, was kind of like, no, you suck because you're not able to invest in them enough and then some people are like well what if i invest in them and they leave and it's like well what if you don't invest in them and they stay yeah it's like <laughs> i like that that idea of extreme ownership if you yeah. jocko willing wrote a book um where it's like you can hold people accountable so it's like hey this didn't work and you can ask yourself the question okay what could i do better to make sure that they were more prepared or they understand what to do or yeah. that sort there's of there's so much that's my fault that i like deny that it's my fault but it really is my fault um so yeah i i think my I think I have so much potential. That's insane. And I, I have so many friends that are like, Ryan, dude, like I've always known that you were going to be who you are right now. And like, you're still like on a governor that's going to explode. Yeah. Like once you understand or no, once you can accept that, like other people are, are awesome. I'm curious what that. <laughs> so part of this is like, yeah, having even my realization, I'm starting to hire out and it's like, even 80% of them doing that task is good because then I can go back to do it, what I'm doing I best. I know. I can't accept 80% though. Yeah. But they'll get to, <laughs> they'll get to 100%. Yeah, for they sure. they got to start somewhere, yeah, right? For sure, they will. But you also, you love programming so much. You're like, so do you, do you have to give it up? Do you want, you say like, I have to grow up. Like, do you have to? Or like, yeah, if I, uh, I can go to Hawaii for a month and not have to program, maybe have this girlfriend and she doesn't get upset because I don't have to program for eight hours. Like, does that sound better or would you just miss programming? I think there's like a 50-50 ground. I think like I could work a little bit less and have a little bit more fun. Um, I think I think it's interesting because I'm like, man, my life's not that bad. Like I think everything's cool. Like I get to do whatever I want to do and I have, enough, I have enough money to buy whatever I want to buy or like I'm not worried about really anything at all. And then I feel like my life is not as cool as I think it is when I'm around other people. Mm. So like for me, everything's great. And then I'm around someone else, and I'm like, ooh, maybe I don't have as much time as I thought. Oh, like maybe maybe I am a little OCD, or maybe I am this, maybe I am that. And it's like I just don't know it because I'm alone so much. Like I'm in the hotel alone, and I go to yeah. this place, and I go to this place. And, yeah, I meet people, but then, like, it's back to Ryan's time. And, like, during Ryan's time, we do this, and we do this, and we do this, and we do this. And we have to train every day and, like, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, like, yeah, it's interesting. I feel like. I feel like everything's so awesome until I'm around other people and I'm just like, I don't want to give you my time because you're the time that we're going to spend together is going to be okay. And I'd mm. rather it be really rad. Mm. Like if I do my own thing, how do you view comparison? Because you mentioned a couple of times being around other people helps break the glass of what you thought it was true. And it sounds like it motivates you. I don't know if that's fair to say. Yeah. That's my, that's, that's, that's my motivator is meeting other people. I think I said at one point in the podcast where I was like, literally, even if you didn't hire a coach or anything, if you just met more people, it would give you so much. Uh, that, that's like the one thing 
during when I first opened my gym, like the first like five years of my gym was just me grinding. And I was like, yeah, I work harder than everybody else. And I was like, no, you work dumber than everybody else. Like, hmm. like as soon as I started up, like when I started a podcast was when actually everything changed for me. Cause I'd get on the podcast with other people that I wouldn't have probably talked to if I didn't have a podcast. Cause I wouldn't just be like, Hey man, you want to, you want to, you want to talk? And they'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, Hey, you want me to like, put you on my social media like if I put make a podcast and like oh yeah totally yeah. so all of a sudden like you start having these conversations with people um, and they tell you what they do and how they did it and it's crazy because it's like damn that would probably cost a lot of money for me to find that out but you just did it for free for me on an hour on the podcast yeah that's a big reason why we started the podcast yes yeah. we, we want to get messages out but also learn from other people um, I think it does I mean people ask me all the time about sponsors like I don't have any sponsors on my podcast like I don't like I don't give a fuck like if who even listens to it almost as much as I care about like what I get out of the podcast and like the relationships that I'll have. Like you guys will always have my phone number after this forever. You text yeah. me whoever the fuck you want. You that's know what awesome. I mean? Like yeah. I met you. We had a good time. Done. That's yeah. all. That's, that's all that needed to happen. And you're going to have a question one day and I'm going to answer it and I'm going to have a question and you might answer it. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. I love that. We've talked about too. This is why we, we try so hard to do these in person. We've, we do, we've done a couple like I've Zoom. never done one in person. I don't give a fuck if the person lives in Africa. I'll go to Africa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah and it's, yeah. it's, it's so different because you, you build that connection. You get yeah. to know somebody. Um, hey, by the way, now that I have your number, you're going to be getting selfies. Just pour <laughs> shirtless meat cereal on my body. You asked for this. <laughs> but seriously, that's, that's gonna, yeah, I, yeah. I said my, my phone never on a podcast one time and I got crushed. Oh, oh yeah. Bad. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And I put my phone number out there. And I started getting, like, these ridiculous messages from people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> give us, a, like, funniest DM or something like that. Well, the worst DM, I mean, from that scenario or, or just, just in, in general? Or just in general. Like, okay. you, you, I'm sure you get a lot of people, you know, Worst you. DM ever by far <laughs> is someone, I open this video and it's, like, this person's butt going, like, up and down. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, looks like a hot chick or whatever. I was like, Interesting. And then all of a sudden, like, as I start watching it, the person turns around, and it's, it's a guy, and he's butt naked, and then he's like, hey, Ryan, I bleached my butthole for you. And I was like, well, naturally, I have to watch the video again. So, <laughs> so I start watching the video again. I'm like, that's what a bleach. I'm like zooming in on this dude's butthole. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, God, what is wrong with me right now? Oh, my God. Wow, we just found the Instagram clip for this episode. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, my God. Did you tell him? Did you tell him? Like, dude, you got my attention. I literally wrote him back. I was like, dude, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, title, the title of this episode is going to be Ryan Fisher and Bleach Buttholes. Yeah, right. I can't yeah. even make that up. Yeah, but from the podcast, some guy for a month straight, every single day for a month at like 5 a.m. would text me a picture of like just a, some sort of random cat. Just a, <laughs> just, just a random cat. Like I got a different, like different cat every Did day. Did he ever for like ask you anything or just? Nope, no, never. Just, what goes through these people's heads? <laughs> Ryan's going to love this. I have the cutest cat in the world. No, they were like, like cat like gifts. Oh, that's probably not, worse. I don't know. Oh, it was way worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like cats pooping, like oh cats like my. doing this, cats like just random cat things every day for a month. Wow. Oh, it's kind of remarkable <laughs> the people that are out there and they're like, that's normal. That's fine for them to do that. Oh, they're that guy's like, this is, this is going to be great. Ryan's yeah. going to yeah. love this. No, that guy's jerking off in a tub of Pepto-Bismol <laughs> right now. Yeah. Probably just a complete psycho. That's a vision. That's a vi is that what you want? <laughs> Right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he finally <laughs> DM me for Ryan's number. I'll send you his phone number, and you can send him Pepto Bismol. Jerking off in a bathtub. 
<laughs> the first thing Ryan does, he hires a coach finally at a program, and it's just bathtub fulls. Oh, yeah. Bathtub is small. That's beautiful. I think I saw it like on a horror movie or something. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That was, top, yeah, of, that you was might, top of mind. You though. might want to sit with that. Where, <laughs> there's something going on on the inside. Yeah. It's like, the, like a Freudian, Freudian slip kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So you've been waiting for. Inner child work oh, or something. Geez. Give him what he wants. It could be the clip, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Draw some interest, man. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'll ask uh, because we have you here. And yes. like you said, you get to learn from people. Uh, besides just like, okay, you, I'm curious again, for as running a business, putting shit out there, making money. Uh, what has been like the biggest thing for you? And maybe it's a few things if you're willing to share or whatever, like um, putting your program out there. Is it the ad spend? Like what has been the huge thing that really helped you get to that next level? Ad spend was one of them, but no longer is because, well, for you, you, you probably coach your clients to sell higher ticket items, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like, it's not as bad for them. So like right now, for those of you right now who want to get into the ad spend space, the way the ad spend is working right now is you basically have to put everything towards a higher ticket item that gets back sold to your lower ticket items. Cause like when I first started selling eBooks, I think I was making like two or $3,000 a month just doing like Venmos and PayPal through my DMS, <laughs> which was hilarious. Cause I didn't even know that you could have a website where like someone could buy something and they would just get their, your ebook. I was like, when I figured that out, I was like, Oh my God. But I used to literally would make a post and I'd be like, if you want my book, like text me and then, or, or DM me. And I'd be like, Hey man, like, uh, go ahead and shoot me $30 to this DM or to uh, PayPal or this Venmo and then like screenshot it to me and I'll send you the book. And it was literally that all day. I understand know? what you're saying wow. about systems now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was all day, bro. I this literally would be like, yeah. all right, I made like three grand today though or like, or whatever would happen. And I was so pumped on it. Um, and then uh, this, this kid who I hired for my gym as a coach was like, Ryan, what are you like, what are you on your phone all day for? And I'm like, well, I'm like doing this program. And he's like, we could automate that. And I was like, really? <laughs> so like, that was a crazy time because once I figured out how to automate that and then we ran ad spend to it, like just my online, just my books at the time, I was making like thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a month on just that, like let alone all these other things I had going on. And uh, nowadays, like that would be significantly lower because the amount of money you're spending for ad spend for something that costs $30 is like kind of fucked now. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what's going to happen because iOS just came out with that new update. So... A lot of people are they're they're opting out of tracking. So those of you right now who are listening, like you've probably been to a bunch of websites recently, and you keep getting these pop-ups that says like a paragraph of shit, and it's like accept or don't accept. Um, that's basically asking like if you want to go out on Facebook and see the shoes that you looked at like earlier that day. Um, so if you looked at my program and you went on Facebook, like you would it wouldn't just be following you around, or yeah. if you're on my website or whatever happens. Um, so all of that stuff's getting kind of getting watered down. But what I think will happen is I think Apple will, c will create their own marketing platform at some point and then just take over everything i think mm. that's why this is happening i think they uh, want yeah yeah they want to fuck everyone for a little while <laughs> and then they want to be like okay like you know here's what we're going to do now you guys can pay for this and then all yeah. of a sudden it's we're going to have like a year of like just crazy money yeah. where people just throw all this stuff at it a lot of people think it's tiktok now but i don't I, the conversions are not the same i just went to an affiliate summit in um in new york city that was the start of my trip and people are talking about running ads and doing pretty well right now on snapchat so oh, really? Snapchat stories, Pinterest, mm. um, LinkedIn, like different things like that. People are going to like different sources now to kind of help with their ad spend. Yeah. But ad spend is still just not what it's been. The big thing now, if you actually talk to a lot of the big dogs, um, this is a free one for you guys out there. This is probably worth 15 grand on someone's course. But uh, 
is to do cold DMs. So a lot of people now have like a scripted DM system. You know, seems sounds like you like to send videos, mm -hmm. but now people are doing like they're do, they'll do like a story, and the story will say like if you're interested in something like this, and they give them only two options. It's like hell yes or like yeah. You know what I mean? Yes something, in red. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So it's like something like that. And then they just go in and just DM all the people who said yes, basically. And then just try to give them a sales process through DMs. And uh, you'll see a lot of people. Have you seen like Tanner Schister? Mm -hmm. He's like always like 27X ROI. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's like R ROI and blah, blah, blah. And it's always just like, yeah, dude, you just, you just did DMs. It's like, cool. So a lot of people are doing that now to get around ad spend. Yeah. Um, I can talk about this stuff all day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in the beginning, ad spend was a big thing for me. I think um, getting to a certain mark with income for Chalk Online broke my belief system of what was really possible and who I was and what I provided. And once I figured out that I was better than I, what I had set myself to be, that was huge. Um, and then I think meeting more people to figure out that like even when I thought I was doing well, I wasn't like I, I literally was like, you know, at that point where you said you're making seven figures a year. And I remember meeting people who were like, cool, like I make like eight or nine or whatever you know yeah. what i mean yeah or i make yeah. a, or i make seven figures a month and then um that was when i was like oh shit like there's a whole new level to this that like i need that i need to figure out um and i think that it's not about just figuring it out it's about growing or dying I, I, eventually all the small brands do go away we all see the small brands that are really cool and they and they're gone like you got to be like nike you want to be like peloton you want to be like whatever and it's just because they keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing not blockbuster yeah it sucks <laughs> it's it yeah. it, 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 it sucks because a lot of people think you know you get to a point where they're like oh he's money hungry or he's this or he's that and he's like no he's he wants to keep his business <laughs> that's really what it is yeah it's i think a good analogy is like supplement companies i'm sure since you've been in crossfit you see all these one like progenics was huge right yep. and, and it's kind of like that where until it fades but you got to keep staying on that game. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they fucked up, I think, on their own part. They probably stopped doing sponsorships or I heard the back end was kind of messed up or something like that. But, yeah, they had a really good run, and then it kind of faded out. Yeah. And I think that's – I feel the same way about CrossFit. So, like, when I when CrossFit was, like, growing, I was like, I want to open a gym, and I want it to have that vibe, but I don't want to be called CrossFit. So I'm going to be Chuck Foreman's training. And then I feel like the online programming right now is getting a hype because CrossFit as a sport is going down, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree. But as the sport goes down, the programming is going to go down. So, like, um, yeah, like I remember I – remember, I think Ben Bergeron said, like, a lot of his online programming stuff died a little bit as, like, COVID happened or when the – Yo. the Floyd 19 thing or whatever happened. Everybody was like mm. disaffiliating. They were kind of like, I don't know how much we care about CrossFit anymore. So like for me to have that, that very specific type of programming, you know what I mean? Like to have that chalk performance training programming, if, if the sport ever goes down, they'll be like, Oh, well I just follow chalk performance training anyway. They'll always have that. Like I'm always thinking about these like insurance policies uh, for, for me and my stuff down the road. That's great. Yeah. It's kind of like what people talk about, like, get off Instagram. Like you need to have an email list. You should have a podcast cause you own that or like your website or, or like blogs aren't really much anymore. But, um, because of that, like you don't, you don't want to be tied to, like you just said with comp train tied to CrossFit, people backed off and, or I mean, even, you know, COVID like comp trains very, you kind of need a gym to do it where you have dumbbell, just one dumbbell is all you need. Yeah. And like I did, the hotel I, I made bodyweight training and I fucking hate bodyweight training. <laughs> yeah. And I literally every day I would sit in my gym and just stare at shit and be like, what the fuck can we do? Yeah. But my, my first thing I did, 
And I'm not ashamed to admit it. Was I looked online, I was like, what are some cool bodyweight workouts that I can kind of choose and kind of like build on and grow off of? And I literally couldn't find anything, dude. Like every workout was like the same little fucking girl who had eaten like three cornflakes that whole day. And she's doing like 10 air squats, 15 push-ups, and like 30 Russian twists for one round, 30-second rest, three rounds. Like it was like the most yeah. ridiculous workout I'd ever seen. And I was like, fuck me. Like I had to create <laughs> something new. And I created like a really dope series of bodyweight workouts that are fucking dope. Um, and I had to do that during that time. Right. I think a lot of people were like trying to go straight online, but they didn't really like cater to the consumer. Like what are they training for again, right? Like, Yeah, I think that's what so many people are doing in the <coughs> process. Is they're reactive. They wait till something happens or something changes. And this is where you actually do plan ahead in these insurance policies, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've just always been true to like what you've wanted. Mm-hmm. Rather than, I guess, yeah, just like CrossFit. Okay, we'll just do kind of more CrossFit. It's like you said before, like we don't need to do snatches anymore. And yeah, it's kind of scary, but this is what I believe, so I'm going with it. But the people, you you get a lot of feedback from your people too. Yeah. Like you'll see, like everyone always asks me, why does everyone look so fit at Chalk? Like that's a huge thing. You go on my Chalk Instagram, you're like, dude, everybody in that gym is fit. Or if you're someone who lives in Newport Beach and you've always wanted to go to Chalk, but you're intimidated by it, which is a huge thing we hear all the time. They're like, dude, I've wanted to go there for years, but everyone just looks so fit. And it's like, they're fit because of the way that I create the programming. And like, that's why I know my shit's dope. Like literally you walk in my gym and fucking everybody is fit. And it's because they, they, they don't have a choice. You're just going to do what we tell you to do. And you're going to look like that. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of gyms that you can go to who do CrossFit and like everyone looks the same after a year. And it's because they've been learning for a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What mm-hmm. if we took out the learning curve? <coughs> That's a really good point. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then we just make the competitors stay after class and do extra shit or like, they do a different program. It's like, when people ask me, the people always say to me, like, why does everyone look so good? I'm like, because that's what it's supposed to, that's, that's the program that's they're what, supposed to follow. And that's what they wanted. Yes. I asked them what they wanted and I did that. <clears throat> yeah. And nobody said, I want to be a CrossFit uh, yeah. Games athlete. And when they do, I'll give them what they need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Taylor, you have any final and questions? Yeah, this yeah. is great. Uh, I am curious. You've been on, a, I'm sure, a lot of interviews, talked to a lot of people. Is there anything we should have asked that we didn't? Uh, no, I think so. Yeah. I think everything was pretty good. I'm, I think it's always good to ask the, uh, the audience, like, we're, we're going to interview Ryan later. Do you guys have any questions for him? Sometimes I, th- I do that for, for my podcast sometimes. You know, I forget about him sometimes too. But, like, sometimes there's, like, one or two in there where you're like, oh, I didn't even think about asking that. Yeah. Uh, those are always good because I feel like what's going to happen is like as soon as we get off, you're going to be like, fuck, I forgot to ask him yeah. this one oh, question. For sure. yeah. And we'll still do it off the air, but you're going to wish that it was on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, 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 totally. But awesome. I don't know. I can't think of anything offhand. Awesome. Nice. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. It's been a yeah. blast. So happy we could do this. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, obviously people can know where, to f- know where to find you, Ryan Fisher. Is there one th- if if people are like, all right, you're 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 the fitness guy. You've, you've changed a lot of lives. Uh what would you point them towards? One of your products, maybe? Uh, my website right now is jimryan.com. It's G-Y-M-R-Y-A-N.com. People always ask why it's Jim Ryan. I'm like, everything started with a gym. So I think that's kind of cool. And yeah. I didn't want to be like Ryan Fisher Fit, cause like everybody else. Um, so that's, that's my website there. And you guys can get access to the Chalk Performance Training app, which is all the programs I make. Um, today, actually, if I'm not sure when you guys listen to it, but I just launched the... The Big Booty Blueprint is what it's called. Let's go. Yes. Um, the actual challenge itself will start August 9th, but today it's actually available to purchase. And then um, I also have the Earn Your Carbs Challenge, and it, which is basically now it's um, it's a learning module now. So you go through – I use Thinkific. 
You ever heard of yeah, that? Yeah. It looks great. Actually, I, I went through it maybe six months ago. And you had the video courses? Yeah. Cool. Or maybe it wasn't that long ago, but yeah, I saw it on Think If. Sweet. I think so it looks really well. It looks yeah. pretty good. Like, there's some other new stuff coming out. People use Kajabi. Mm-hmm. People use, uh, there's a new one now. I'll show it. I can't remember the name, but it looks really cool. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff like that, but I just thought it'd be cool for people to see the videos uh, and kind of go over everything. I talk about, like, what does healthy actually even mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, a lot of people think that, like, their four ounces of chicken is, is like, on track, and then they put, like, three tablespoons of olive oil on it and i'm like you just quadrupled the calories Mm -hmm. it's like small things that people don't really realize um so yeah you guys can pick that up the earn your carbs challenge and uh i I give out prizes for that and you're in a group community forever so i think it's only 100 bucks and you literally will have access to an insane community for the rest of your life that'll turn into something really cool like an app or something at some point but for now it's yeah, just a really cool I think that's one of the coolest things you do. I mean, nu- nutrition's so important, and uh, we've seen the transformations from you, and something I've been following along. I had a client of mine when I was personal training uh, do that. And oh, I was like, right. yeah, man, do it, because, like, Ryan fucking crushes that. He'll do it better than I can, so, <laughs> yeah, buy it. Um, but, yeah, it's awesome. And actually, that reminded me, I know we've gone long, so I appreciate you um, staying here, but I mentioned this when I sent you the video outreach uh, to come on the podcast. One thing that always stood out to me, and this was back when I lived in New York City, and I was thinking – you know, getting into personal training, and I was like, oh, maybe one day I'll own a gym, blah, blah, blah. And so listening to you talk about your story, one of the things you do differently in business, uh, which, I, again, stuck with me so much, was um, what you do for your your clients, the, your trainers. And you mentioned, like, yeah, instead of, like, giving a bonus, like 100 bucks or 1000 bucks or whatever, like, I know one one of your clients, you said he wanted, like, these speakers. And Some, like, someone else told me, yeah. It, it, yeah, it. someone else told him that, like, oh, Mike really wants speakers or whoever it was. It was so Mike, too. Him, it was me- Mike. Good memory. <laughs> Mike is always, Mike is always the name always I Mike. use. Fucking um, Mike. And so you got him those speakers instead of, like, a thousand bucks or whatever. And it meant so much more. Yeah, like, he cried, dude. Yeah? He was, like, a 40-year-old man crying. I fucking love that. Do you yeah. mind speaking on that for a minute? Uh, yeah, he – well, I don't know. I think everything just started to do well. Like, I mean, I, like, when I was telling you is I think it's so important to have the past of, like, nothing. And then as you start to create stuff – like the amount of money you start to make is just it's just so crazy like i know most people are like yeah like i mean i still fucking save a shit ton of money like i'm not stupid but like there's a certain amount that you need to live on and there's a certain amount that you should do good with and there's a certain amount that you should save to make sure that you're not you know you're not doing anything stupid and i think that if you take if well <laughs> that's what you should do with your money i feel like if you don't allocate some money to do good then i feel like it's really hard for anyone to get behind you I feel like you can make a bunch of money and be selfish and there, and you might still keep making money, but if you can make everybody else happy around you, I think that's like really, really important. Um, and I just remember thinking when I was a coach, like how much I wish I had gotten taken care of and I didn't. And like, if you'd have just done like this for me, I would have stayed longer. If you'd have just done this for me, I would have done this. Uh, another thing that I do, <laughs> people are going to fucking really be like, wow, is like all of my trainers, no matter how much money they make doing personal training, I give them all of it. I don't take any. Oh, I take wow. zero. So, like, I don't care if you charge. I, I have a bunch of people who charge 150 bucks an hour. I take none. You um, might be the only fucking gym in the world who does I'm that. pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Either that or people are going to be like, I only want to train at Chalk. Yeah. And the, the, the reason for that is, like, what's the biggest thing as a gym owner that is an obstacle is getting trainers. And when a trainer leaves. When a trainer leaves, they either take the clients with them and open their own gym. Or people are just really sad and they leave because they had that trainer. Or the trainer just goes and just, like, opens his own, like, private studio and does whatever or whatever happens. Or maybe they get another job, you know, and they just don't have time to coach. But if you are – I mean, most of the time, as you're a trainer, you don't have enough money to survive. 
That's the thing, right? You're, you can only make – the gym can only afford to pay you so much per class and blah, blah, blah. So I encourage all of them, like, dude, do as much PT as you want and keep all of it. Just, like, stay being a coach here. Like, that's the payment. Like, you just – you're a coach, right? So they'll make, I don't know, $1,500 a month or whatever in the gym, but then they'll make an extra, like, five, six grand doing training, and they get to keep all of it. So now I never worry about coaches. I've had all the same coaches for years. Yeah, um, and it and allows them to show up better. And then all the other things you need to take care of, they're not stressed and worried about money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're, like, they're more, motiv- more motivated. There's a point where I feel like the class feels like pretty bad to them because they're like, man, I'm only making like 35 bucks, 40 yeah. bucks right now. It's kind of like the of buy-in like, though, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I try to tell them that. That's still more, that's still more than most gyms pay yeah. their coaches per hour. Too, so, so then, um, you know, I'll just like put my ear out there. Like if anyone, like I hear um, – Actually, two of the girls that these aren't even coaches, they just work the desk. I, I noticed that their iPhones were like iPhone 6s. Or I just bought them all 12s. And uh, I brought the one girl to the store and bought her like, I don't know. I think I got her the phone and like the plan, like all the different things. And I just paid for it. And she literally was like about to die. That's, um, that's incredible. And they'll do yeah. anything for you now. Oh, yeah. Is that, right? So, yeah. I mean, and then because th- they're like, they do the stories and everything. And they're like, ah, I like my phone, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. I'm buying you a phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so young, like a, like a $1,500 phone is like a huge deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's cool that you find something they really want rather than just like giving them a $1,000 check. Because what are they going to do? Good chance. Maybe spend that on things that they need or whatever. And it, it means more when it's just something that they really value. I have noticed that. Like I always, you think as young kids, like money is a motivator. It's not. It's really not. Because yeah. they, they just, they have no record. Like, they're not even close to like what they need to survive in terms of like buying a house and like all like the really adult things. They just like really want to feel good and feel like they're accepted. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. And I, I never even noticed it until I started giving gifts away. Oh man. That's probably a deeper conversation into how social media and kids growing up with that. Just constantly thinking you seeing this shit of like, Oh, I should be this. I should be this. Or, um, even the loneliness that that happens. And I know like, suicides like doubled or more for teenagers during COVID because they couldn't go see their friends and it got worse in that community and connection. So exactly what you said, they want to feel like they're accepted and they're in a community and they have all of this. Uh, I mean, that's important for all of us, right? Yeah. But I just think the kids who grew up with that in their hands, um, it's just not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So it's, it's great. You get to provide that. So appreciate you sharing and uh, not to make this any longer, but I think that's it. Ryan, yep. thanks right again so much. Yep. Uh, and until next time, everyone, peace, peace. out.